John, would you like to do a show? Uh, I think, yeah, we probably should. All right. <laughs> Set all that stuff up. I, mean. I did? Yeah. My traveling road show? I think, you know, at this point, it would be nice if there was just soundboards at everyone's houses that I went to so that I don't have to keep carrying this shit around. If everybody would just have something I can plug into. So you want podcasting to be like stand-up comedy where you show up and all the gear is there It's for you. getting pretty close. Eddie Pence is with us, and Eddie would agree that you're starting to do shows, which, by the way, in all fairness, doing stand-up inside somebody's apartment or house, that's not a new thing. Now, I was watching, this used to be a thing back in How the day, How loud too. is that song? Because you're, like, <laughs> yelling you're at screaming. us right now. Guys, I am so upset right now. <laughs> I, it's it's well, first ridiculous. Of, I, okay. It's like Rush Limbaugh radio. Welcome to, <laughs> it's like welcome. a rant about absolutely <laughs> welcome nothing. To, welcome to Hollywood Anonymous. I'm Brian Irwin. I'm John Huck. And that guy over there is Eddie Pence. Hey. I'm sorry. Hey. I, I think part of the problem is, clearly, I'm not watching smoking weed television right now, which is what you've been doing, so I'm not as calm well, as you. Can we be clear why I'm on the show? No. You're the, you're, I'll get back to you in a second. You're David Spade for, on Ellen. <laughs> because you wanted to come over and watch no, a guy I'm, calmly I'm, talk I'm about the squids? i software onto John's computer. Dude, don't mention that. And you that. guys just That's... sort of happen to have a show while I'm doing this. That's well, kind of... You're here, so you're right? on the show. But, but although I'd also like to point out, this isn't smoking weed TV. You know what this is? This is a live feed. At the bottom of the ocean. Yeah, I know, and it's a very calm guy that's like talking about a squid. But right now, there's well, nothing on the TV. Well, right. I mean, they gotta find. It's not like. Isn't it remarkable how bright it is on the ocean floor? Yeah, it doesn't seem to understand science. But uh, I, I highly or just recommend. Light. I Somebody highly just recommend turn the light uh, on. <laughs> um, uh, the NASA app, and 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 this it's Okeanos Explorer, O K E A N O S. But uh-huh. look it up on YouTube, and they do. Like they're just they're, look, they got cameras and stuff. They're they're it's actually part of a research project. They just happen to have the cameras down there for this project, and then they're allowing this live feed. So just to you, it's look, science. Yeah, like it comes right to my TV, and that's why I razor. want everyone else to come over and watch. This is solely your it's your an old live big razor feed. on the ground. It's a big razor. That's a fish, dude. That's no, a fish. It's a razor um, fish. It's a it's, Harry's uh, razor fish. It's really interesting to me. I don't know. I find it. Uh, it's, I find it fascinating that that uh, we can put cameras down, down there and in space. Like the two. Really, the two last, you know, Front frontiers, final frontiers. Like uh, the ocean is still. Well, they keep finding so, uh, new stuff. Yeah, that's what I was saying. It's still there so is, zooming in on the fish. Like they're gonna kill it. It's Watch still. Should I turn it. this off? Is this gonna distract you guys? I just kept it on because it felt like an aquarium. No, I'm gonna turn like, this on for my animals at home when I get home. Well, that's well, your. I don't know. Your dogs might go insane. Like if they see they, a squid on they there, they might go insane. <laughs> Do you leave the TV on for them? Uh, no. No. I play uh, classical music, and it doesn't stop Gary from being so excited when people come home that his red rocket shoots out, and he doesn't know why. He's happy that you guys are there. Yeah, and he's he definitely happy. He it's why. a welcome home boner. <laughs> very, very common. Hi to the hoe. So back to what we were talking about <laughs> earlier, Eddie. Uh, before we got yeah. a marijuana TV, uh, the bottom <laughs> marijuana of the marijuana sticks TV, marijuana sticks TV brought to you by Old Man Irwin and, <laughs> and Get Off My Lawn. Now vote red. <laughs> All right, so um, what were we talking about with you? How Eddie's the David oh. Spade of, of no, the but Ellen, like, like Ellen. You, you, so, you, so you're going to do stand up? Is it an apartment or someone's house or it's, uh, the rec room of someone's apartment building? Yeah. Oh, but I honestly. At first, you kind of look at that and you go, oh, my God, is this how far down we've come? But I actually think that those things have been around for decades. They have. And they can be successful. Yeah. The, the ones that I think everybody gets scared about is like, hey, can you do my parents' 50th wedding anniversary oh, those party? Are, yeah, no. Like, well, those ones. When anyone asks, if someone asks you to, pour, to perform stand-up comedy at a wedding, 
any or, other place or, other than what's specifically a comedy show. Yeah, right. That's the thing. That's the why comedy, those shows yeah. are in there, those rec rooms and those apartments. I've done a bunch of those, and those are usually fun because yeah. it's uh, usually the the group of people that come down are a fairly tight knit group. They're yeah. people that know each other. They lived in that building. They kind of like they like getting together. They like and they came a good down time. specifically for because a they knew there would be show. comedy and they're watching comedy. They're not exactly. having a party and like oh now well, this guy's talking so we yeah. have to stop. So talking. like nine old people are like why is the guy who why is that guy on the mic get oh that guy. God. Patrick Keane had his I think I've talked about this before but he had his thirtieth birthday party and it was all of us and we were there to do comedy and roast him and it was just nobody paid attention even when he got up no one paid attention to him oh. and I was like okay. Us, I get. This is the reason why we're all here, and you're still not paying attention to it. But you know, Keen, he can deal with anything. But also, like, where would where did you have the party? It was at Dirty Nelly's down oh, in oh uh, Costa Mesa. Remember the old Dirty yeah, Nelly's sure. great comedy I've, shows back in the day? I've seen Stanhope at Dirty Nelly's. Yeah, yeah Chris Edwards uh, ran a great show. Yes. and Chris Edwards Chris is Edwards the one who got still in there. Around, yeah, Chris Edwards actually that was back when um, Stanhope was kind of blacklisted for the comedy clubs, and he. And Chris Edwards is one of the first guys that was that, that helped yeah. him start doing this whole, um, you know, bar restaurant thing. And Stanhope was like, "Holy shit, I can make a shitload of money doing my yeah. own thing and be left alone." Yeah, like no, no guardrails. Yeah. And it turned into a big thing for him for a while. Now, of course, everybody wants him back wherever they are. But you know, right, right. But that is very true because uh, I remember going down to Dirty Nelly's. I watched that show, and then I introduced myself to Chris Edwards afterwards, and. He he was a like more OC. He lives down in, in Orange yeah. County, so he was yeah. he produced and ran and did shows in that area predominantly. Uh, so I introduced myself, and he was like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah, yeah," and like totally brushed me off, which was funny because he was probably super busy that day. He was very, one of the nicest guys very, you're ever gonna he, meet. I was just gonna say, what's funny to me is that I ended up becoming like friends with him and like i he is one of the nicest guys well, that's a stretch but continue the story well i you know i used to be able to call him and get a spot whenever i, I wanted just teasing show. you don't like, have to justify your friendship with me no with but him, he, I mean, he was he is me. he is genuinely a really nice guy and did help stand up start that kind of idea yeah of look what you can do and yeah that's a very good point yeah because I mean, yeah I, I remember seeing him and then i remember like seeing him stanhope at uh like Jockster Dailies or something at nah. Redskins Bar in uh, that was like uh, yeah, that Culver, Culver City, Culver, Culver City, City. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I used to live down the street from there. I've been ham boned at that bar. Like, okay, uh, is I, that a sexual term? <laughs> me and this guy named Ham. There's <laughs> <laughs> a flying lobster tail. On oh, the I've TV got right some now. stories about Jocksters, dude. I can tell off air. I won't. I cannot. Oh yeah, I'm not going to get into super detail, but uh, <laughs> the the, the manager the manager did tell my buddy, hey, your friend can't sleep on the patio. <laughs> And it was during. That's about right for that place. Yeah, I, I mean, but I, that's you, what it was. It was literally a Redskins game, and I walked yeah. in going, "Well, it was there, but the that's but that's not what it was. It was an Irish bar, so it was primarily a soccer bar. But they were really cool. They were yeah, actually they are a Redskin. That that is the local Redskin bar. It is too. as well. Yeah, 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 but I lived down the street from that, and that's uh, and so did all. I mean, it basically, I, I lived with uh, Tom Clark in that apartment building. Oh, that's, in. you guys lived in Culver City. Yeah, and Lisa oh. Alvarado lived upstairs with Rob Baxter and Nate Timmel and all this. Like, so basically, everybody we knew was like living in the same apartment. I got yeah, everybody. I got everybody. It's like Melrose lived. Place. You had a yeah. real threes company going real, on. She was running that place, and that's how we all found that. So even when we weren't on the shows, we would just go down and hang out there. And everybody else started hanging out. That's back when the Beef Curtain Cowboys were alive yeah. and crushing. And so they would yeah. come down to that place, and it actually had a good stage. It's just that because it was a soccer bar and rugby bar, I mean, you know, I'm going to play into stereotypes here, but when those guys go drinking, 
They, they go, go fucking drinking. drinking, and there's a lot of testosterone that's mixed in with that alcohol. <laughs> yeah. So they're and they're butts and ham bones. No, no, no <laughs> fighting, but there was just a lot of aggressive language. Soccer. Oh, and that's what that's what bothered you. Plus, <laughs> no, it was back. It didn't in bother the, me. It was back in the they early two thousands. They just didn't quiet down. Yeah. No, I, I can see that. Yeah, soccer hooligans are. Uh, they get into it, man. And they're so angry with scarves on. So the um uh. Uh, we were all drinking coffee, and Eddie, uh, uh, John, you're really upset that Eddie was drinking cold coffee. Which I'm not upset. No, I just think it's upset. weird that he was upset. like. Considering what was I on like television, you were upset. What's that? Considering what was on TV, we're very upset. Yeah, you were you kind of thrown off by it, and then you called me uh, Russian. Well, then then you were like, <laughs> uh, then you were offering other people cold coffee. <laughs> that, that's that's what that okay. That's stop what. it right now. No, I'm cool. I'm cool with coffee. Like I can take coffee and pour it over ice. Have did a nice you? Coffee. No, I don't like. I don't like the taste of coffee. So okay, I cool. Then cold definitely so I have a cup when I offer it. Well, so then I can how drink did you just get cold? What did you do? Pour, did, you, did you put it in the freezer? No, I just let it sit there for a little bit, and then it got cold. Oh, so cool. Down like quickly. immediately. Oh, unless like you got one of these sweet travel mugs. By the way, we should start getting sponsored by travel mugs. Travel mugs. Just travel mugs in general. Just it's in general, general the generic mugs. term. Travel mugs, Q-tips, and Kleenex. Are you guys? I know you guys are not as old as me, but were you old enough during the generic label food yes. um, trend where there was the white label? Generic stuff. We had yellow cans and black lettering that said cola. Yeah. Yeah. Did you were you a part of that yeah. thing, Eddie? I was yeah. gonna say there's no way in it didn't Virginia last that he long. wasn't no, a part of that. that. Well, I don't I don't know how long it actually lasted. I mean, there was a time where like that was the thing. Like there was there was brand everything had a it was a generic brand. And I think it was before all the stores turned it, converted it into the store brand, right? That's yeah, what that's was. what happened is that they put they made the labels look like other sodas. Yes. Ju- meaning and put a name or something on there that didn't just say cola. Well they right. would they would Match the color scheme of other colas. Right, they would they would rip it off. Like yeah. there's a, there's a movie company that does that. Yeah, they make like when Transformers came out, Transformers. They immediately put out a movie called Transmorphers, which is a low budget right. version of that, and it it gets views because people confuse it with the real movie. And there's a Pirates that, one too. Yeah, well, Pirates was is um. A porno? A porno There's movie. also a porno, yeah, but they also oh. did a pirate. That same company the did same a pirate co- Yeah, they did pirates. They did transmorphers. They did when Pacific Rim came out. They made a movie called Atlantic Rim. Like, they, it's, re- it's legit a business that you can go into. It's, which And they make money. I, yeah, and you know what? I would love, at, at this point, uh, all I want is to be a working actor. So if that meant having to do all the off-brand movies, yeah. <laughs> well, so that would be funny. When I was still running the Herald, there was a company that I worked with quite a bit, Asylum. And Asylum was a company that uh, was deficit-financed uh, through a um, special effects, so they were a special effects company that had post. So that's how they went about and made all their stuff. So they would basically make all these kind of sci-fi superheroy kind of things. Yeah. With a um, green screen, low budget. Yeah, no, it wasn't green screen. It was just, but they added all the special effects in afterwards because they already had that stuff built in. So they were still making low budget special effects driven movies. Yeah. Right. Uh, and and I was always fascinated with that. And all they really did was they would go out and be like, "All right, so this one we need. Let's go see how much we will afford uh, Lou Ferrigno for." And they put Lou yeah. Ferrigno in the movie. That's how I met Lou Ferrigno. Dude, that yeah, that there was a company called UFO that did that. That was like that, very si- yeah. very similar. My buddy Tim, his first one of the first movies he ever worked on was a movie called Falcon Down, and it had William Shatner and. Um, a, f- a female lead who I can't remember, and then the guy who played Johnny in Karate Kid. 
So the movie's happening. My buddy is a set dresser. It's one of his first jobs, which means he's coming on and changing the, you know, whatever set dressing, whether it's chairs, couches, you know, dressers, mm-hmm. desks. And one scene is a, is they're in a, they're in a big office and there's a bunch of desks and there's background at the desks answering phones and doing whatever. One of the background ladies is pretty much forefront. She's like right between where Shatner and this guy uh, who plays Johnny and Karate Kid are having a conversation. At the end of the scene, they're breaking it down. He goes to move the desk on the pad of paper next to like where they'd been having this conversation. That chick had writ, put him, written, put him in a body bag, Johnny, like over and over and over and over again on a piece of paper while <laughs> <laughs> that scene was going on. And he goes, dude, that's like the hardest we laughed all day. Like that was really... Put him in I a go, body bag, Johnny. That's funny, dude. I mean, if you know Karate Kid and sweep the leg. Yeah, I uh, uh it's 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 that was the one the first time that I had learned that there was a whole subculture of filmmaking where it was like most of our money's going to go towards a certain name talent that will get us a certain amount of money back and then the rest of it well you guys get what you get and we're going to make Michael Madsen, Daryl Hannah and uh Garbage and um yeah uh Stephen um oh my god Stephen, Stephen a. Bauer Smith. Stephen Bauer so. that's where all Stephen the money Bauer. for garbage went I still remember the time I got a Somehow or another, Stephen Bauer got a hold of my phone number. It must have been on the call sheet, um, but I was not part of the production. And he was like, he kept calling me, hey, hey what's going on? I'm like, not much. Uh, who's this? He's like, it's Stephen. I'm like, all right, Stephen, um, what's going on? He's like, yeah, I'm just, I'm just on my way to set. And I'm like, yeah, okay. And he's like, could be there in a little bit. I'm like, cool, cool. Um, he's like, so how's it looking there right now? I'm like, it's looking good, I guess. I mean, things are good. He's like, uh-huh. He's like, you enjoying this? You're working on this thing? I'm like, sure am. Sure am. Like the whole time going, is he going to keep fucking asking questions? Or at what point is he does like... He, does he know who you are? Nope. Is he? No, he has no idea. <laughs> but somehow or another, I was going to be the main phone number that he wanted to chit-chat with on his drives in every he's like a, day. He's, like a, he's not like a buddy of mine, but he's a guy that I talk to online. And like after... We, we stayed in touch after garbage. He's like... He's on Ray Donovan now. I mean, he's doing. He's he a very Breaking if Bad. You don't know the name, you know the face immediately when oh, you dude, saw him. He's Manolo in Scarface. He's he was also in a great movie called Traffic. Yeah, yeah. He was also in. He's uh, in Deadpool too, wasn't he? The first Deadpool. Was he in the first I think Deadpool? He was in the first Deadpool. I think so. I'll, my point is. No, you're I talking about you're talking about Jed Reese. Am I? Jed Reese, the the guy who was like the other lead. Oh yeah, that's yeah. What I'm Stephen about. Bauer was in Scarface. Yeah. Jed I, Reese was in Deadpool. Yes. I guess my point is, in, in conclusion to that story, is if Stephen Bauer knew who he was talking to, he would have stopped calling me. Not necessarily. No. I mean, unless he wanted to talk football, he loves talking sports. I did. Um, uh, uh, I can't remember the guy's name now. It was a really old actor, like big in the seventies, who was filming at, at my building, and he just cornered me and talked to me, which was cool. Because, you know, at first, a lot of these guys are like, oh, my God, it's so-and-so. And most people, they don't really, there's not a lot of conversations that are struck up. They're busy, whatever, they're running their lines or whatever. Nothing nothing personal. But this guy, whose name escapes me, he's got a daughter that acts quite a bit. And not Daryl Hannah. I think she was, oh, his, uh, 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 she's the one from Jurassic Park, the blonde-haired one in the first couple movies. Um, oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Dern. Stern. Dern. Yeah, Laura, Bruce Stern. Laura Dern. Laura Dern. 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 So Dern. Bruce Stern, yeah. like, Dern. just goes on and he on. He was in and The Burbs. And I he was talking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But, man, he talked to me a lot about the Dodgers. He loves oh, the Dodgers. that's cool. But I didn't know enough about the Dodgers back yeah, then because I wasn't just faking like, it. yeah. But I was like, like yeah, but I realized how cool it was. It was like sitting down, like, John Carpenter started having a conversation with me once, and I was like, I'm going to I'm gonna go ahead and have this conversation. It's yeah. fucking John Carpenter. I'm yeah. going to do this. Because it's so it, rare. Like, people just don't sit around and shoot the shit. They just don't. 
And if they do, it's very quick and it's on. But when they actually are like, no, we can hang out and talk, you're yeah. like, we can? Cool. <laughs> That's awesome. Dude, I love I love John Carpenter, dude. We were I'm just been watching we were me and Eddie were sort of talking about it before, but I've been watching this um is a in Eli Roth. Uh he directed some of the hostile movies and uh the, he has a show on Showtime now where him and like he has Rob Zombie and uh Gene Nicotero from The Walking Dead come on and they kind of discuss different genres of horror movies, you know. So like what part parts one and two were slasher films and then they talk about demon, you know, demonic possession films and then monster movies and that kind of stuff. So it's just been, a, it's been really uh, eye-opening. But, like, John Carpenter has, the effect he has had just by making Halloween alone, like, you, that, is, that is where we get the Jasons and the Freddies. You know what I mean? Like, Halloween, without Halloween, we don't, our horror, the horror, the landscape is completely different. Well, Halloween is, is like the Jaws of Yes, it is. Of, of monster films. movies. Jaws is the Jaws of monster movies. Halloween is, Jaws is the Halloween of monster movies. Halloween is the Jaws of, what? <laughs> What's happening? I don't know. I'm, I'm letting him work this out. He's got to work it out. It's too much marijuana to Can you just stare at the underwater sea crab <laughs> hey, for a second? Spider. And calm down. Calm um, down. <clears throat> No, you know what I mean, though. But yes, Jaws, no. what Jaws did for hor- what what monster movies and what Halloween did. Everything for seems like movies. a parody after. Yeah. that that's my point. My point is that when you watch Halloween, and the reason why I compare it to Jaws is because of the way he was able to manipulate suspense. And I understand with Jaws, a lot of it was by default because the shark yeah, didn't work. But but at the, the end of the day, default. you still had to figure it out. Yeah, you still had to make that work. Yeah, and and they did. And and so when people say. You know, when they compare Halloween to slasher films, yes, there is an element of slasher to it, but that's not what made the fucking movie scary. There's no, there's no real gore in Halloween. No, and so I think that's what's misunderstood about that film. What made that it it, it was everything else about that film that made it scary, right? Mm-hmm. The backstory, the fact that this guy, you just never knew where this guy was at all times. Or who he was. was. The best part about the original Halloween is that you don't know why this guy broke out and targeted this girl. Mm -hmm. You have no idea. Like, that's the terrifying part. Yeah. Like, they tried to add a a story beat that she's his sister, you know, in the second and fourth and fifth and sixth one or whatever. And then they end up killing her off eventually. And then... They just came out with that new Halloween movie, which is alive. supposed to be the direct sequel. The to direct the sequel to the first one, and I understand that a lot of talented people were involved in making that movie, but it was the the worst. It wasn't good. It was you the saw worst. It? Yeah, man, oh. I saw it on Halloween. I went and saw it in the theater. It just didn't. And have I got it. angry, man. I got angry in the middle of it. it Why was, did it not work? Do you think they they? Gonna hear. Let me ask you a question. Let me go. We'll, we'll break it down. So obviously we have an, a certain appreciation for the style of how the first Halloween was made, and sometimes right. the, the big issue I have with a lot of sequels is um, you you move stylistically away from what got what got you there in the first place. So there's no comment. There's no. There's nothing tying it. It's just a completely separate movie, shot a different way. Yeah. Um, paced a different way. Was that part of the problem too, or did it? Did they try to stay at least that part of it? More you, to the original. No, you could have taken that movie, removed the Michael Myers aspect, and then have it be a prison bus crashes and an escaped lunatic gets out and targets a family. Because that would have been more along the lines of kind of what it was. Like, after all this, these years, he allegedly... this it's, it's too ridiculous for me to even talk about. Like, people talk about how bad the third Halloween was because Michael Myers, it's not about Michael Myers or that story. It's about Halloween masks. 
this new movie is as bad as the third Halloween and like the sixth Halloween combined. Yeah, it was, people it was, told me it was great, and then you're the first person who told me that it was terrible. Dude, it's god awful. I mean, it's not great, dude. The Wasn't first there Hall- Halloween twenty or something like that? Yeah, the H two O. H two O. Was that yeah. one bad? That had Jamie Curtis in it too. Yes, right? that was when they brought her back. They was that her, one any good? I mean, I didn't see it. For what it was, it's hilarious. Do you uh, know what I mean? Okay, like, so it was camp. It's the 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 thing is like you're you're going like the first one so good. Right, but what it spawned was all these, like you say, they're almost like parodies. Yeah. So then every sequel becomes a parody of the first one, yeah. and now it's just about Michael Myers in the mask, the same way Friday the Thirteenth is about Jason Voorhees in the hockey mask. You know what I mean? It's like it's an iconic mask. This guy kills, but Michael Myers was like just a killing machine. He was like Jaws. He just moved forward and he killed. There was no comedy in the killing. There was no how ironic is this kill going to be? It was just like killing. And then the second one, he he's by the second one he's he's doing like crazy kills. Finding like, yeah, ways to ways kill, to like kill people in di- in ways that don't you don't need to or it didn't need to be done and not to change gears on that. But I I'm, this is going to sound weird when I say this, but I think the world needs more of Mike Myers. I saw him on Stephen Colbert. Oh, the Mike Myers, the comedian? <laughs> the funny yes. Mike Myers, not the but mass he's, murdering But Mike it's Myers. like, he's just not around as much. I mean, he's, he's fucking funny. Right I actually like thing. that guy. I mean, he makes me smile when he does shit. Like, and I, and I, when I saw him on Colbert, it reminded me of like what it was like when I was growing up and all these, these comedians that were so good at their game because they've been doing it so long were always, they always found a way to be entertaining. And I feel like that doesn't really... He's that kind of guy that could do that, and I don't. He's not. I mean, maybe he, by choice, he chooses to not do any that much anymore. You know, I, I know he kind of like did the Austin Powers thing, and he did like one other character thing, I think and then he went Austin into. He, he but, did the Love Guru, and then and that kind of didn't. It was like eh, whatever. And then he not went to eh, Shrek. Whatever. It was pretty bad. And well, then my point is, it went away. <laughs> and then he did. You know, obviously he was Shrek. He's doing Shrek again too. But again, the Shrek stuff—that's a cartoon. You know what I mean? I'm that's talking a cartoon about that he wouldn't have gotten had Chris well, Farley not passed right. away. I heard he would work and then he would take a year or two off to be with his family yeah. and then he would work a year and then take a year or two off. And I know like he's doing that. the gong show but like I'm not that's to me I, I watched some of it and I was like eh. That, he's doing I'm, a character yeah. on the gong show. Well which is fine but it's not really about his character. It's Gong show is really about making fun of people and I yeah. think the, that world has kind of passed us by at this point you know that yeah. whole thing. Yeah you can just watch TV now. But you know, again I just I just think guys like that there just needs to be more like pure entertainers that are willing to just do whatever and look sometimes it's going to misfire but then there's going to be other times where it's fucking Funny. Well, you don't have you this like like Steve Martin and Martin Short doing that tour right now. Like that's comes that comes from the same mold of that type of like the guys that were just were so on and like anytime you saw them you were entertained, even if they did shit that was annoying you were just like you could still watch. I feel like Steve Martin evolved though and was not really interested in being on anymore. Like he moved away from being a character. Like if he came on stuff, he wasn't. He would do stuff to be far more subtle. Like he wasn't. Well, I think he got bored with what he was doing and yeah. just kept trying to find different ways to. Be creative and be funny without doing the same shtick because he did that same shtick for so long. I think he got bored with it. But. I don't. Know, it's just interesting to me because I don't watch a lot of talk shows, but I kind of feel like there's not there's not a lot of people out there that are good at entertaining. Like half of them aren't even good at telling stories, for God's sakes. Like some of your stories are like, oh my god, which is primarily why I stopped watching talk shows because most people and I know they do a lot of research behind the scenes, but like. Uh, you have any good stories you want to tell out there? And they'll be telling me, like, yeah, yeah tell that one. And then they get out there, and you're like, oh, my fucking God. But most of the talk shows now are just a vehicle to promote whatever that person has True, coming but out. 
doesn't everybody have at least one good story? Isn't that the whole but point the, of this show? Like we all, well, I, I always believe people have that. good stories. The old Tonight Show, like Johnny, those old Tonight Shows and stuff, was about just like he would bring on entertaining people, and they would have a thousand, like Buddy Hackett. He was never promoting anything. Okay, that's true. He, he would just come on, anymore, and you yeah. would watch him talk because he was entertaining. Now every guest that's on there is promoting something. It doesn't matter who the, what story they have to tell. They just want to promote something. They have a couple people. Like, I know Conan brings Bill Burr on all the time. That's just so he will tell stories and talk. But for the most part, those shows are just about promotion of the next thing coming out. And that is why we have Freddy Krueger today. <laughs> to bring it back to my point. <laughs> um, my kid might actually go to that high school. Freddy Krueger High School? The high school from the original oh, um, really? Nightmare on Elm Street. Oh, that's yeah. cool. Yeah. Hollywood, which Weird. is which is funny because that's how everybody addresses it. It's not like state championships won oh, or I live you know right what I mean by or the education. Michael Myers house. <laughs> like it's I can walk to it. Well, but that's the not a wait, it, really the exterior shot. The wait one a minute, that, I thought that was in a in a regular like uh, suburb. No, the Michael Myers house is right off of uh, right. The one right. from the beginning of the movie Halloween. Yeah, the op- the exterior shot of the house. Interesting. I always thought that that was. And okay. I also live next right behind the Ozzie and Harriet house. It's like it's behind my apartment building, the Ozzie and Harriet house. Oh, I must be right up against Runyon, huh? Yeah, yeah. So you're so like so basically the the, the plate shots, the exterior shots. There's no, no nothing or did things. It's not actually, the interiors. It's just the exterior. Exterior, but the stuff shots. actually the established, but the things actually take place there as well, or no? No. It's just the here's our house. Here's and now we're gonna cut the, the stage. Also, the father of the bride house is like three blocks over from that. Just the outside shot. Interesting. That neighborhood has so many exterior shots. And, and then John Carpenter also lives in that neighborhood. He does. Like three houses down from my kid's school. He lives, right in the, he lives near the Mike Myers house. Yeah. That's, that's, that's how he right. found it. Yeah. <laughs> he was like, yeah. Oh, that that whole like, area where we trick-or-treat is all just exteriors God, of famous Hollywood how houses. How sweet would it be to live in the Mike Myers house and just answer the door like Mike Myers every Halloween? I want, do, do they? I, that your doorbell should be the no. Do they or do not? That would be funny. And that's the other thing. Two very to, to compare Halloween and Jaws again. Two very simple, very two of the simplest theme songs or music to go over anything in the history of filmmaking. Just repetitive, just repetitive. Okay. And it's, but it's, it's never terrifying. So it's but that and you would think like oh anybody could do it. It's like no. no. It actually takes a genius to, to create something so simple. Uh, funny side story to the music thing. So uh, Jeff Castellez, former uh, 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 guest of our show who uh, uh, in the music business um, and uh, very successful in the music business, he, uh, uh, he had a party once, and he called it a Wisconsin party, so the only people who were there were people from Wisconsin. And one of the guests was Butch Vig. You know, if you know, if you know who Butch Vig is? The music producer? Music producer, did like uh, Nirvana's Nevermind. Yeah. Uh, he a lot started of the band stuff, Garbage, garbage right? yeah, yeah, Garbage is his band, yeah. So he, uh, there's a song that they play at Lambeau Field in the Packer games where, like, uh, it's a Go Pack Go thing. And so it's, and they go, Go Pack Go. And they play it all the time. They've been playing for, like, a decade, right? And I happen to read somewhere that he, that's, he wrote that song. Really? And so I know he's a Packer fan, and so we start talking about the Packers, and I'm like, dude, um... Just out of curiosity, I read I read that you wrote that song. He goes, "Yeah." I go, "Well, just like, how does one come up with a fight song? Like, because it's, it's kind of a, it is a fight song. It's a charge song, it's, it's so it's a like a different thing." That you're like, "Yeah." And he goes, "Well, um, 
I listened to that Gary Glitter song that everyone was annoyed by for like ever. You know that song? Yeah, the one that the Bulls used to fucking come out. Nobody does it anymore once he got busted for. You know why they don't play that anymore? Yeah, because Gary Glitter was a child pornographer. Yes, yeah. So nobody plays anymore. So he said, "I just took that," and he goes. I've been to enough sporting events where people love simplicity. And he's like, so I just went, you know, nah, 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 nah. And I was like, yep, there it is. There it is. And done. Well, dude. And I was like, it makes, and if you think about it, he's right. It took a genius. Well, it takes a genius to look at it, analyze it, break it down for what it is, and and go, go, here you go. Don't complicate this shit, right? It's like going to the Dodger games and they got that. You can, you, if you watch the World Series, you can hear it every once in a while in the background. They've got that one little thing they do. It's like the I can't I don't remember their beat. Oh, they have yeah, a, they have yeah. a beat they do, and it's just supposed to be there. It's it's like this weird charging thing. Yeah, that's yeah. supposed to just get you riled up a little bit. It's a yeah. very simple, cuts right to the core of 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 what's going on inside your body, and that's kind of what Jaws is. That's yeah, what well, and when John Williams first showed, like Steven Spielberg went over to his place, he was like, "Okay, this is what I got," and he played that dun dun. Steven Spielberg laughed at him. He goes, "Okay, play the music now." And he's like, "That's the music. Like this, these two notes are gonna scare the crap out of people." And dude, I mean, if you were taking a bath and someone started playing that song, <laughs> you'd be like, "Turn it off! What are you doing?" Like, <clears throat> you'd get annoyed. I think. I just think there's that like, psycho. So, dude, I mean, that that who is that? Uh, Bernard Shaw? Not Bernard Ber- Herman. Bernard Herman. Is it uh, Bernard Herman? Anyway, it's a Bernard something. Yeah, right? yeah. Um, Wish we had the internet or something. I know it's crazy. Some, t- Eddie, can you go over in John's other room and get the Encyclopedia Britannica out? My I want to see. Let me plug <laughs> Encyplopedias. Can you Let go me get plug the, in the Whopper? Can you go get the Thomas Guide What's to the get the Whopper? To, that big computer from War Games. Oh, not the actual hamburger. Not the actual hamburger. Would you like to play a? <laughs> game? When was the last time you watched that movie? Uh, oof, yeah, I want to say. What are we trying to find out? Eighty-eight. Within the computer. Uh, Who's the guy who wrote the music for Psycho? Does the score for Psycho? I'd yeah. say it's it's Bernard Bernard. Bernard Herman. Bernard Herman, Bernard Shaw. Bernard, Bernard, Shaw, was Bernard, a, Shaw? Bernard Shaw was, I believe, a news anchor on ABC in the tw- in the 80s. I'm Hugh Downs, and this is Bernard Shaw. Oh, oh Bernard you, Shaw, the black guy. Yeah. Yeah, he was friends with like Did Hunter you listen Thompson. to any of the Zero Hours they sent you? No. You got to listen to at least one, dude. Okay. It'll, it'll, it'll just you'll turn into a kid for like 10 seconds, and it'll be kind of fun. You may get bored with them, but just the commercials alone will just turn you into a kid for a sec. You'll have flashbacks. Especially the Hugh Downs thing. He's just on there nonstop talking. Hugh Downs. About, talking about cars. Really? Yeah. Hugh Downs talking about cars. Really? Eddie, seriously? It's taking this long to look up. Uh, no, you it, it, can't just type in music. No, for Hitchcock. No, thank, thank you. I wrote. We're done with you. Anyway, moving on. So back to coffee. So I met up with a, a buddy of mine. He likes to hang out at these hookah places. Have you ever done a hookah? I don't even know. I, I mean, I guess hookahs are like vapes, right? And it's kind of the same thing. No, so, I mean. So what's a hookah? A hookah is a it's a different type of tobacco that is smoked through. Bernard Herman. Bernard Herman. Yeah. Thank you, Ed. Bernard Herman, back yeah. from the lab. Never got. Back, back from the lab. That's just in the computer lab. <laughs> the <laughs> computer lab. I was Remember in the computer those lab, guys. <laughs> I gotta go to the computer Welcome. lab. Um. What were, what were you saying, coffee? No, I was asking about hookahs. I've never oh. actually smoked a hookah. So they put like a little cube 
Yeah. Right on a is it a, it's a hot it's cube like a that coal goes like a charcoal of some kind and, and then the cube goes on there and goes through a water filter. Yeah, right? it's it's a water filtered. It's like a bong. It's like a okay. like a regular bong. Like you. But do you get a t- buzz off these? Like, what would be the reason you would smoke hookah? The same way you would get a buzz from a cigarette. Not uh, like okay. a. I don't think I, I don't look at it as a, a positive high or anything. I so just it's a nicotine it, buzz. Yeah, it's nicotine for sure. Okay. I mean, I believe it's it's not healthy for. It's not like oh, hookah's a good. Substitute for cigarettes? No, it's the same. Okay. You're smoking tobacco. It's so I don't hookah, as you know. <laughs> I, I only marijuana did you, stick. Did you tell that to whoever you were with? <laughs> I don't hookah. Like I don't do the hookah. Okay. No. So, but they also like serve. You can leave now. They also serve food, etc. Right. So, yeah, I had already eaten dinner, so I was like, oh, I'll just get a coffee. And I was like, um, can I have one of your uh, Turkish coffees? And my buddy laughed at me. Are you familiar with the Turkish coffee? No, but it was there hookah in it? No. <laughs> He's like, are you sure you want that? And I go, oh, yeah, strong? why? Is it strong? He goes, oh, it's, it's strong. I, it's definitely strong. I, oh, I love strong coffee. He goes, he goes, are you sure? And I go, yeah. And I, the, I, the guy comes over, he's like, can you get your thing? I go, yeah, I have a Turkish coffee. He's like, are you sure? I go, yeah, yeah. Wow. Actually, got is my what, don't, is it, was that not a specialty there? or was a... First off, look at me. Okay, so I think there was a lot of questions of like, you are you know sure the doing? idiot white guy who's probably never been in one of these places before knows what the fuck he's actually ordering? Sir, I right? noticed you don't hookah. How do you? <laughs> how can I? How can I think you're gonna want a Turkish <sighs> coffee? Um, so it comes back, and it's a little tiny thimble cup, uh-huh. and in it is sludge. Oh, it's it's literally like the size of my thumb, Ugh. of just like you kind of just put a like it's literally just like a sludge you. Kind of just—I don't even know how to get it out of the fucking cup. Did you what? Well, I—I I had to fit. I had to follow through Did because you just do I had a told shot them. Of it? You're like, yeah, I no, want a Turkish no, coffee. No, I had to do. I was so I—I I was like, you know, just pretending like I was enjoying, you know, my my cup of sludge because <laughs> I ordered it. I knew what I was ordering, of course, and I had to milk that motherfucker for like a half an hour while fucking hookah Jim, hookah Jim was ordering different flavors of fucking hookah ing. Ah, of hookah. His squares. How many hookahs flavors can I have? That does. It's tobacco that comes in. Like what? What? What kind of flavors did he get? I don't know. Uh, Cherry. Did you finish your sludge? No, it was horrible. Did you throw? I'm the sure plant behind you. Like a I didn't cartoon? sleep for 14 days. <laughs> That's what I was gonna ask. Was it like? Did it get you all jacked up? <laughs> Were you like driving home? Like you know what? I should go to Tijuana. <laughs> <laughs> And it wasn't that it tasted bad. It was just like I didn't know I had ordered. Yeah, you were. Sludge. You were, I mean, just texture alone. Was and sometimes, can I ask you this? Were, was there, and please be honest, was there just something in your brain that just said the last, the next person that asked you was like, "Hey, are you sure?" You're like, "Hey, I am a grown fucking man. No, I ordered something. This is what I want." No, you were just like, "Yeah, I'm sure," and then you just caught it. Yeah, so I'm clearly probably the way I answered it was what just you just did there. Yeah, I'm. I sure. I think I went up at that last octave. Yeah, which, I'm uh, sure. Yeah, which is usually <laughs> so what it's I a ends question. It. It's like when I ever like. It's like when I when I do my uh, you connect in my car, and I'm always like, "Call John Huck." It's like, "Call John Huck." Like it's always asking me, like, are Why you sure you, you want to call want John Huck? Sure. John Huck question mark? Are you sure? Of all the Johns you know. No. <laughs> that's funny. That's like when it, it can't read certain people's names, and that's always as funny. <laughs> so a, another former guest, Chris Roush, it always says calling Chris Rock, and I always panic. I'm like, no, 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 no. <laughs> don't, don't call Chris Rock. Don't call Chris Rock. Don't don't call Chris Chris Rock. Rock. Then I was like, wait a minute. I don't have Chris Rock's <laughs> phone number, so I don't know how it would. I guess, the, I guess the car Ryan. has Chris Rock's phone number. Ryan. 
Hey, why you call me? My it, car. It was my car. What if his number was just online? Yeah. And the, and the, your car it. was like, I found Chris Rock's phone number so online. I'm going to call him Chris call Rock. Him. I call, you said call Chris Rock. I'm calling Chris Rock. I'm calling I am, Chris Rock. I am artificial intelligence. I can do anything. I am AI. I am AI. Do you want to play a game? Um, I was to about to say. Back around. This is a bring it back around. So bring it all back around. A lot of callbacks. It's very Seinfeld. Just keep bringing it back around. Yeah, yeah. Seinfeld. Seinfeld. Swine. Uh, I uh, was going to say there are some movies that um, are good in spite of the music. When you look at a movie like Scarface and you hear that music, you're like, oh, this some music can date a movie very badly. I think that's what it does. It dates it because it's so bad. You're like, if you just like, there's no way you'd go, okay, do you have this soundtrack for Scarface? Like you wouldn't put that on and be like, mm, this is good. Well, are they not making a new Top Gun, correct? I believe they are. So, do you seriously think they're going to play "Take My Breath Away" again in that uh, in that song? But but for the, which is funny that I think you would probably close the blinds and turn all the windows down or close all your windows if you were watching that here on your stereo and during that scene with like "Take My Breath Away," you wouldn't want people looking in. Dude, first of all, <laughs> that song is great. Is there an <laughs> issue with that song? Yeah, wow. There is if if it's play- oh really? You drive down the street with that thing? Well, I wouldn't down? be. I I I rarely like. Have my windows open, blowing out my stereo anyway, just because out of respect for living in an area that's populated. But that's a good song, though. Do you like who is it? Belinda Carlisle? No, I don't know who it is. It sings it. But you may look at you may go back to the lab. Can you go back to Can you go call that guy in there with the lab coat? Let me go back to the lab. Tie it to a tie it to a bird and have the bird dive to the fish and have that fish run it to the lab. Welcome. Um, you have uh, uh, so the, the, what, going back to what you're talking about, Berlin, mostly Berlin, oh, Berlin the yeah. Song, most yeah, the band, yeah, not the place. Most uh, '80s coming of age films have horrible sound tra- tracks yeah. and horrible scores, to them because it's all synthesized keyboards. So all of that stuff, it all it, it's it, all bad. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But every once in a while, like a song pops through, like uh, like um, you know Axel F. That song up for uh, <laughs> Beverly Hills <laughs> Cop. <laughs> yeah, dude. <laughs> It's kind of like who wrote that? I don't know, but my guess would be Herbie Hancock, or it should have been Herbie Hancock. Called the the white mustache cop from Beverly Hills Cop was on one of my plane flights once, and it's like one of those ones where I don't say anything to anybody, and I think we were Harold Faltermeyer. Yeah, there it is. Hi, we need a theme song for this really hip, cool movie in the 80s. Who should we call? Have you tried Harold Faltermeyer? <laughs> we have not. That was back when names didn't matter. I guess, dude. John, there's a Harold Faltermeyer on the phone for No, there's not. That <laughs> no, is a made-up name. That's not there, real. No one, is, there, no one has a name, no Faltermeyer. Call back when yeah. you've legally changed your name. Let them know when, 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 when Eddie Pence wants to actually call me as Eddie Pence, I will take the call. <laughs> but pretending to be some guy named Harold Faltermeyer is not going to happen. <laughs> Harold Faltermeyer. Harold Faltermeyer. I lost my train of thought. Oh, yeah, I was going to say we were talking about something. Oh, you were lo- who were you looking up? Harold Faltermeyer. No, oh, that's right. We already Axel F. Oh, the lab is back. The lab oh, is closed. Oh, I was on the airplane, and they got oh, yeah. Beverly Hills Cop. And this is like one of those things where you have to know, like a lot of people just don't have tact when it comes to like people they recognize. And this is, I think this was even before, <laughs> yes, leave it on. This is even before, keep, keep <laughs> this, this play, 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 play it during the song. Music for his story. And you know what, I bet you everybody on, the, and this is before I moved to Los Angeles, 
And I think I was coming back from New York, still managing bands. And stuff, so I was coming back from New York for something, going to Wisconsin. So he was on the Wisconsin transition flight, right? Yeah. Meaning he yeah. was probably flying through. And a, a lot of people on the plane knew it was him. And this was probably playing in all their heads because they're flashback to their memories of when they saw him. Obviously, they're a little bit older. And then as the plane lands and everybody gets up, somebody fucking had to be like, you were Beverly Hills cop. And the guy was like, yes, I was. And then that was the fucking end of it. Like, nobody else said anything. And I was like, who just fucking yells out? Yeah, see, you were in, Be- you like, were in Beverly Hills cop. I would have said something credit, like. He I, said, yes, I was. Yeah. And he didn't follow up like. Do you want a picture? Do you want an autograph? That song like nothing. ends up as abruptly as your story. <laughs> yes, I was. Speaking of bad storytelling. But my point is, it's when people walk up and just yell at you, like Dude, what you do in your life. Crazy. I did that to John Panette. Uh, when I was... <laughs> I was t- you yelled at him and he was in Beverly Hills Cop? I, I was 21 years old. I had just turned 21. I was in New Orleans, and we were taking a ferry or a bus or something. And I had, like, super hungover, but I saw him walking. And I'd, I watched a lot of comedy back then, you know, like... Wherever I could see it, I would watch stand-up, and I'd seen that guy in his Chinese buffet bit, and I yeah. knew who he was, and he was just walking down the street with a bag. Like, he was clearly in town performing somewhere, and he's walking down the street with a bag. He just purchased a record or something, and he was walking with it. And I run up, and I go, hey, you're, you're John Panette. And he's like, huh? Yeah. And I'm like, you, you did a Chinese thing. He's like, yep. Good to see you, man. <laughs> and I was like, and like, as I'm like, because I like ran to catch up to him, and then I'm like sort of hopping next to him and i'm like what am i doing <laughs> and then i just stopped you couldn't help yourself and i went back to the i went back to the trolley i got on and my friends were like what was that and i go <laughs> that was john panette and they're like who and i'm like he's a comedian he does that restaurant bit and they were like oh yeah okay and i was like that's john panette and they were like yeah and i never unfortunately like i never got to meet him again you know what i mean because yeah. i would love to have been like hey dude Want to apologize for being an obnoxious <laughs> piece of garbage one day in New Orleans? He's I, a nice guy. I, I think I, I know Mike Black used to work with him and said he was a super nice guy. And I met. Did you work with him ever? I got to at Montreal. I got to open up for. I got to do crowd warm up for his DVD for his show. His hour I'm special. Assuming he was oh, a that's nice awesome. Guy. Yeah, it was really cool. You're a nice guy. Super nice. Yeah. Incredibly nice guy. And then yeah. he would just walk out there and do two straight hours of comedy. I'm like, oh my god. Yeah, he was yeah. a he was a powerhouse yes. man. Like I don't think people realize that he had. He had the one bit that kind of blew him up that everyone like quotes. But he could hold a stage for two hours. But I mean, yeah. that's what everyone says is the guy would go on for like hours at a time. Look, he came from a time where like comedians were famous. Like you, you know, what I mean, like that's why you reacted that way. Like I think it's harder now for a comedian to become as famous as people like John Panette was, just from doing stand-up. Just from being a comic, yeah. And being on like the but Tonight Show, going back to what you're going back to what you're talking about. Going back, you to do the that. Tonight Show one time, and everybody in America yeah. knew. Who you yeah. And that that, tri- that Chinese buffet bit went viral before there was an internet. There was no internet, but everybody, but everybody, everybody knew it. Yeah, yeah. 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 Everybody mean, was running around saying, "You go now. You go now. You've been here for an hour. You've been here for an hour." Isn't that amazing? It's a horribly offensive you accent. Do that joke but, now, <laughs> well, yeah, <laughs> but is it? No, I mean, no, it's not. But you can't. Harlan no. Williams does a thing where he guys, t- guys, three white guys. I got to ask you a question: <laughs> Is it offensive or not? Come on, three white guys. Harlan Williams. I think we make we determine what's offensive and not, right? Three white guys always. But Harlan Williams is a funny joke where he uses a a, a, a racist sounding Asian accent, and then he stops and he goes, "And I know there's some people in here that are thinking, hey guy, what?'" Oh, he goes, "I know there's some Asian people in here that are probably thinking, hey guy." What the fuck? <laughs> and then he's just like, and I hear you. <laughs> it's like, 
It's funny he just calls it out right away. Well, yeah, why that? It's that's the best part of the joke. Yeah. Right? Also, he's, he's all all Harlan ever is on stage is a lovable goofball. He's not trying to incite anything other than laughs. You know, <laughs> incite and laughter. Incite, inciting laughter. Eddie, what was the other horrible song you were trying to play? While oh, John that was. was uh, you don't have to bring it back. I want to say right? it was, it's very similar. It's the theme song, the theme song uh, to Fletch. Oh, okay. Ooh, dude. Sounds very similar to Axel Well, that was probably the other thing, too. I bet you when they said Did Harold Fortemeyer write that, too? Dude, I love that. Everything was synthesizers back then. Yep. Everything. Fletch, Beverly Hills Cop, and Ferris Bueller's Day Off had the three best wackadoo soundtracks of just synthesizer. But this is very similar to Axel F. Ferris Bueller was the oh, yeah, right? Oh, yeah. What's that? You faded out. I, faded, of, I did a fade. Did out. you, yeah. dude? But that movie, Fletch. Can you play Berlin's "Take My Breath Away"? Uh, yeah, absolutely. What if there was like a restriction on that for uh, some reason? Man, I just wish there was a way we could plug a phone into uh, the soundboard so we oh. could actually hear it regular. But then you guys wouldn't be able to hear it because I'd be the only one hearing all that stuff. So, I, let's dude. just do it that way. Did you guys vote? Yeah. Good. There it is. So John would actually. John said. He would he would drive down the street with his windows down with that cranking. What I said is I don't usually do that, but yeah, I would. I mean, I would hope I would hope that Nicole was in the car with me. No, no, no. No, There's no. You'd have to be by yourself. Windows down. People need to pull up next to you. Whatever it takes. The last time I was playing my music was loud enough for people to like notice it. I had a guy next to me. He goes, "It was the new when the new Eminem came out, like mid two thousands or early two thousands," and I was like. Had my windows down and I was cranking it, and then I kind of look and there's this dude and his wife, and I just kind of turn it down. He goes, "You like that new Eminem album, huh?" <laughs> and I go, "It's pretty good, man." He goes, "Yeah, it's pretty good." And then he drove away. And no you guys, one would say you guys that. Fist bumped white guys out, and then yeah. you drove no, he was, he was black. He was oh. black. That's no why I was even do funnier because I was like, "Hey," and he, I looked at him. He was like, "How you doing there?" I, honestly, if I pulled up to you and I didn't know you, and that was cranking and the windows were down, and I, if I looked over and you looked at me, I would literally just turn away and like look the other way until the red light was done. And be like, I don't. I, w- I would I start singing as soon as I locked eyes with you. <laughs> <laughs> but don't sing it; just mouth it. Yeah. Actually, just lick your, lick your steering wheel while you're doing it. Just really I know, go. I don't for know it. these this this verse. Right, here comes the fade out. Oh, here it uh, comes. Right, here comes the fear <laughs> I'm like the DJ Ski of this show. You oh, are. Really am. I thought you did a good job with that. Thanks. I appreciate We're it. We listened to, uh, I was taking my youngest son, 10 years old, to school this morning, and on satellite radio, they were playing Eminem's My Name Is, and uh, the Slim Shady song from 99, and then I yeah. forgot that it's somewhere in there. Well, he hadn't really sworn yet, and I was like, well, maybe this is a radio edit, and I was like, wait a minute. No, you're on serious radio, dude. You're gonna. And get- then he made some reference to pornos, and I like, I immediately, which is always funny, it's like too late. Right, and I've as soon as you do it, they afterwards. know why you changed it. They know the word you're changing it for. They and know and it I switch it to the next channel, which was the '80s on Eight. So Journey, um, Don't Stop Believing was on. I was like, well, there, here we go. This is good. Listen to Journey, and like he just went back to ignoring me. But I know he was already <laughs> burned into his head. Yeah, which was what Pornos. about this porno? Th- what is a porno, and why? Why are not we not what is? Let me go ask my friends so I can get more informed information. Where can I get from porno? people my own age? I'm really Instead hoping of having the experienced male tell me, me what it is. Lie. Let me go ask other ten year olds and get a real good, real get a good real idea of what I'm what I'm after. <laughs> Missed opportunity, Brian. Misconnection. No, porno no, talk before school. Misconnection. You were in the back seat. You were my child. I was See, your father. See, there's there, the good and the bad is the fact that we live in a world now where, like, unless you're 
Huck and you're still carrying like porno DVDs and magazines and, and, and yeah, that's what's in the backpack? <laughs> that's what I'm carrying those. around. That's what's in your backpack? Hey, do you have your laptop? Nope, just a lot of porno magazines and DVDs. It's all online, but then you're like, okay, <laughs> they're going to find it without discovering in the house. I think I've already told the story about how we used to go to our friends' house. We always knew what friends were. Right, right, right. But eventually you have to get mags. rid of your porn. Like with the invention of the internet, you don't need to like. Keep boxes of pornography. No, you around. just clear your cash. The uh, the um uh uh, but I didn't know this. But you, you realize that you're allowed to watch porn at the li- at the public libraries. Like someone sued. I mean, you're allowed to, but come on, have some couth. They don't put restrictions on the internet at the public library. No, I was talking to a parent the other day, and they were like, "I don't really like my kid going to the public library." Library. Oh my library. god. Um, well, probably because people say library. <laughs> Is it October yet? <laughs> I was born in No Wonder. <laughs> um, so uh, they, she doesn't let them go there because they allow it. And I was like, no, they don't. She's like, yeah, they yeah, do. They it's do. the freedom of speech. And I was like, I guess eh. it, is, it is public, so they can't put restrictions on it. Yeah. I, what, who's, I mean, that's like people who look at like nude photos on their phone on a plane. I'm if like, if you're doing it, guy. <laughs> if you're doing it, I'm sorry, you're fucking disturbed. That's to me. Where's the and I know that a, a, every single lawyer in the world would be like absolutely not it's it's zero or nothing and I'm always like but it's not zero or nothing. I think if you want to it's a publicly, slippery slope, Brian, slippery it, slope. If you want to look at fucking porn in a public space, there's something slippery. fucking wrong with you and the first Dude, amendment should not protect you. Slippery you're homeless. Should not protect you. <laughs> From that, I watched a guy sitting in a car on Sunset. I was driving by, and he had a big ass fucking laptop outside of a fucking Starbucks. So he was obviously siphoning their, their Wi Fi. And I'm right on there, he's just sitting in the fu- on the street, just watching his fucking porn. And to me, I was what? like, "What the fuck, Who's dude?" Watching porn and like it just it, it used to be. You know, what it used to be when they first put either a the, dude who doesn't want to do it around his wife, or but so he wants to do it around the rest of the world. Yeah, like my point is, he's still fucking wackadoodle. I don't know Not what we're still. protecting. That's I don't wackadoodle. Like, like yeah, I don't. But Starbucks can put restrictions on their internet. If he's ciphering internet from yeah, Starbucks, but they probably they do in put... the store. They would probably walk up to you and be like, "Get yeah. the fuck out!" Like that's yeah, the also they probably assume no one's gonna do that because if you have a laptop, just go home and whack it like a normal person. I just uh, to me, it's very strange, dude. That's very. It's the whole. That's the whole thing about like the neo not like all these things. I'm like, no, there's it's there's zero value. Zero value. There's certain there's zero value in looking at pornographic material in public, regardless of whether it's at the school or not the school, but the but the library or not, right? The public library, and there's there's zero there's zero value to uh, uh, hate rhetoric. I, I no, no, we just saw it off there. Yeah. But like the laws protect that stuff, and it's just crazy to me that there's no discussion of like no. No, zero value. Again, it's it's what's what's crazy to me is that you need to have that discussion. It is it's a slippery slope. Where's where where's it a slippery slope? Just because once you start putting restrictions on something, then it comes along and it just starts creeping up onto something else. Yeah, and then they're like, we're restricting these athletes from speaking. I understand what you're saying, and I agree with you. There is no value in it, but once you start putting actual government restrictions on something, then there's just going to be something else. And then something else. And oh, okay. So it's going away. I agree with you. So let's not restrict women's bodies then. I agree. I we're on the same side. No, no. But we but we do believe we can restrict women's bodies. I yeah. By well, law. those people do. By law. But we can't restrict what you say out of your mouth. But we restrict what you can 
due to your oh, body. That's the problem. My, my point is, it's 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 hypocritical. Yeah. And that also can be a slippery slope in theory. Based on the they argument. shouldn't restrict you from what you can put into your body. Like there should be no laws against they drugs don't. and stuff. There's uh, drugs are illegal. pretty much don't. Cocaine pretty illegal. much don't. Well, yeah, drugs are illegal, dude. But you I mean, should, if you want to do cocaine, you should be able to go do cocaine. Uh, the ones that are killing people these days are they legal or illegal? Oh for boy, the most part? opioids. Yeah, uh, are those legal? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. My point is, but I'm just saying there shouldn't be no restrictions on anything, and then no, there there should be restrictions on that kind of stuff. There shouldn't be restrictions on a woman body because that's personal, but there needs to be restrictions on pornographic stuff at the fucking public library, <laughs> and there should be restrictions on whether or not you can be fucking hang a fucking swastika off your fucking car. There's no value in that shit. I know there's not. I know there's not. But that's my opinion, and I'm fucking staying to it. And oh, I approve Brian's my anti swastika. And I approve my message. Stance. No, there I'm, are some people that are not. I'm anti swastika yeah. too, and that upsets people. I would. There's a lot of people that be very upset with that i think the fucking confederate flag is a fucking joke it is it is absolutely is but at the same time it's like i don't i mean i think it's a joke for the people that that hold it specifically to put it in your face like you're a fucking dick well yeah you're just you're just being a dick yeah you're just just being a dick you know there's a lot of people like that they like to press buttons you make it easy with your ranting and you're going crazy People know exactly what buttons nah. to press. The marijuana sticks. I just. <laughs> I'm gonna sew this I need Nazi a, and Confederate hold on flag a guys, like I got a shirt for Brian for g- Christmas. Guys, I want to apologize for being upset right now. I'm just gonna watch TV for a second. Just calm down. Look, look, look at that fish. You see that fish? He's That's not like so an, he's an not, eel of some kind. He doesn't even know what a swastika he's is. Blue, he's a just swastika. Swastika. No, no. He just made. He just made it with his tail. He just. He just. He's a racist. He's a racist. Beautiful blue fish. This is gonna be the worst episode we've ever done. You guys are just like commenting on a TV that no one can see. No. Well, then, then talk about something. I mean, I could turn this off. I don't mean to like. I brought. I talked about coffee. I talked about. I was trying to talk about horror movies, but you were like, "Oh, by the way, Mike Myers should be on TV." (laughs) He should be. You don't like Mike Myers? <laughs> He's all right. I mean, I haven't heard a lot of likable things about the dude. It's what do you not, mean? Oh, really? Yeah, I just, I mean, I'm not like... He's not the funniest man I've ever seen or anything. I'd rather right. see Dana Carvey have a show again. Okay, well, same thing. You why know? isn't Dana Carvey doing the talk show circuit? Talk show circuit? I don't think... I mean, why... Meaning just entertaining people in general. Why is he not doing that kind of stuff? Well, he's out entertaining people as a stand-up. I mean, Dana Carvey's still working. You know what I mean? I it's didn't like, say that. I said on TV more. I just don't think, I mean, I don't know. I mean, Okay, who uh, makes you laugh on TV right now? Like, on TV? Just people in general like that are on TV on a regular basis that you're like, I'm, I'm glad that person's got a voice on television that's making me uh, laugh. I like Jimmy Kimmel. Okay. Um, uh, I like Samantha B. Um, Eddie? Do you need to go to the computer lab? To go I mean, go I don't watch a lot of late night talk shows I'm not anymore. talking about late night talk shows. I'm just talking about in general. People that you are that you are find entertaining that are on television that are well doing then a good like job. Ted Danson, Kristen Bell. I like that show, The Good Place. You do Place. like that? I, I don't watch that show. Oh, it's really good, man. But I don't watch a lot of like TV. Though. Um, I actually I've been watching Single Parents, which I know is very sitcommy, but uh, that's Taram Killam from SNL okay. and uh, Brad Garrett, who I think I I, I read I read somewhere the list of like some critics put together some list of like twenty five of the worst TV shows ever and. And one of them was this Brad Garrett show that was on for a while that I always thought was funny. And I was like, it's always kind of funny to me when I see something that I'm like, what? That show was great. What are you talking about? And people are like, we hated it. But it's all relative. It's yeah, relative but, to you. But to me, Brad Garrett has, I, I don't know anything about his stand-up. I've never seen him do stand-up. I didn't and even know he was a stand-up forever. Yeah, he owns a I comedy was a club in Vegas yeah. and, and whatever. But like, he's always been funny to me. He's always been funny to me. I thought he was funny on Everybody Loves Raymond. I thought he was funny on that other show. That no one liked, I guess. That ran for six seasons somehow. If no one liked it, it's like Becker. 
Dude, parents Becker. love Becker, and I was like, I was like, is that a syndicated show? They're like, nope, it's on TV. I'm like, yep. okay, it's on yeah. CBS, though, right? Yeah, I think. Yeah, Becker which was. was my pointing. That's what I said about when I got on Angel from Hell. I was like, oh well, well this is gonna run forever. Jane Lynch and Maggie Lawson. This show is gonna have Kevin Pollak. Like, we're going to syndication. This baby. is gonna be on for fifty <laughs> years. You know, I'm buying a house. And they were like, nope, you're done, son. And I was like, oh, bummer. Meanwhile, Big Bang Theory is spawning young Sheldon. So it's like. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows what's going on? Hey, listen, not everything is made for you. No, and I appreciate that. I do. I understand that. You know, I I have a better understanding about that now, way more than I ever did in my youth. You know what I mean? The same way we were talking about movies that, like, I have an appreciation for a movie that never makes it to a theater. You know what I mean? Whereas back when I was a kid, if something went straight to video, you were like, what a piece of shit. Couldn't even get a theatrical release. You fucking loser. You, know, like, you, were just, you would just shit on whatever that was. Like, but now nice you know all movie the he was you, in. You like, have to go through to actually get a theatrical release and what that actually means. Yeah, when you start figuring and the, the just the politics of releasing anything, anywhere, for any reason. Well, it got ever. even worse when they were like, what do you mean you went from making your movie to being in the bin at Walgreens for $1.99? Yeah, I mean, something's got theatrical releases and we're out of theater right away. And you're like, and you know, there was just we didn't we didn't have enough information when no. we were younger to understand any no. of that you know so None. it was like if a movie was in the theaters it was a movie if it wasn't that's not a fucking movie yeah. that's something made for the VHS oh, straight tapes. to TV Ooh. yeah straight to TV do you guys uh, by the way the only I, uh, the, the show I am watching and I haven't been able to finish it because I keep falling asleep every night is the haunting of Hill House have you guys watched I have not I have not Eddie I have get I don't, your, guys get your shit together I don't if watch, I'm ahead of you on anything I don't watch any TV ever that's Netflix. I don't watch. No, anything. that's uh, Hulu, right? No, it's or Netflix. is it Netflix? It's Netflix. I don't have Hulu. I yet. watch sports occasionally, and that's it. You know what I tried to watch last night was that new documentary about the Orson Welles movie that just com- that just oh, came wait, out. Wait, what? Fart in the wind. Yeah, uh, the other side of the wind. Where, Where is that? So Orson Welles. It is. Tried to make. What's it called? It's called. Well, the movie's out. It's called The Other Side of the Wind. But that was just released. You can watch that on Netflix. But there's a documentary about the making of that movie. What's that called? It's called. Uh, is it called Fart in the Wind? What they, they're they're going to be mad at me, or should I, should oh. I go to they're going to hate me. Eddie, or can you please go to the computer lab? And, and I, I just try, I couldn't finish it last night. I fell asleep, but it was really interesting. Just okay. the idea, like, you know, or, or I didn't, I don't, don't know too much about Orson Welles. They'll like, love me when I'm dead. They'll love me when I'm dead. Okay. And and Citizen Kane, like everyone's like, this is a perfect movie. And finally, like two years ago, I'm like, I'm watching. I'd never seen it. I'd never seen Citizen Kane. So I was like, I got to watch this movie. So I watched it. And I was like. Yeah, that's a good movie, you know. But at the time, that at movie the time, came out. Ex- sure, I'm sure it's like watching Silence of the Lambs, you know, 70 years from now as compared to watching when it came no, out. But well, like, no, that the the big thing about that film also was the fact that it was there was a huge war between him and William Randolph Hearst because there was about like William Randolph Hearst tried to also make sure that that movie never saw the light. Again. Right, because it was loosely based on and, him. Or, and I yeah. only bring that up is because again, going referencing the time frame. Back then, that guy had that kind of power, right? To right. basically, and I think, and maybe that guy played a part in it. But Orson Welles was kind of like uh, people just—he sort of like went. People were like, "Yeah, we don't need Orson Welles anymore." And it was like he ended up in like France and shit making movies. Well, he stuff. couldn't well, get—he couldn't get funding to do anything, and he yeah. was outside the—he was an outside the system kind of guy. But his he movies. Was. I studied him in film school, and his movies are really, really good. If yeah, you, and if he's you like an some independent of his filmmaker. This he's movie like the, that he made that's coming that they just re-released, he, the original copy of it, they destroyed. 
Really? This is the movie that came out now is his friend is a, trying to reassemble the f- lost footage as best as he can, but the actual original cut of that film that Orson Welles delivered to the studio, the studio was like, no, this is not going oh, out. Oh, I didn't know that. They destroyed that print. <laughs> oh, shit. That actual print is gone. Oh, man. Uh, yeah, I'm actually intrigued so as to why this movie never saw the, it's the light It's as close to, because it's all about the business. It's, the mo- it's a movie. About it's literally movies. It's like cinema verite in a sense that, okay. like, it's a movie being shot. It's a, it's a movie about a movie being shot. Yeah. And so there's like two crews and two. Yeah, and apparently whatever in that original cut of the film was too much for the studios. I'm like, no, this is not. No one's ever seen this. And they destroyed that print, that cut. Do you think it was because it was too like an eye into what really I, goes maybe, on? Maybe, maybe, and then maybe it's, at the time it pissed off certain people. It was, it was too on the nose for certain people. Yeah, because John Huston is clearly playing Orson Welles yeah. in in this, and they Orson Welles is like, I didn't want to. John Huston is the best actor I've ever known, yeah. so like he should play this role. At one point on this documentary, they're talking about John Huston just disappears, and they're like, "Where's John Huston?" Someone's like, "Oh, he's off shooting a movie." The dude went and directed like Ben Hur or whatever <laughs> crazy ass movie, some huge Hollywood big budget thing. He did that in like a couple months, and then came back to the shooting of this movie, and literally was like, "I have no idea what you're doing here." He would say to Orson Welles like, "What are we doing? Like, how is this?" He would be acting, and then they like put in some young girl who'd never acted before, and and John Huston was like, he's making fun of me and Civil Shepherd. Like he just this dude, like it was, it's such a bizarre filmmaking, like what they were. It took, and they shot a party scene over the course of five years, meaning like whenever he had people over, he would pull some cameras out, he would get a little bit here, get a little bit there. I'm like, how is everybody not looking? They had Rich Little in this movie. Rich <laughs> Little, they Rich shot Little? half this movie with Rich Little. And then Rich Little was like, I don't think he could figure out what was going on. And in the documentary, he's like, well, I had some dates I couldn't get out of. You know, I was performing in Vegas. And it's like, dude, you can always get out of dates. If you're doing a movie, all you got to do is say, I'm doing a movie. That's as old as time. No one's ever been like, you are contractually obligated to be here. It's like, I'm Rich Little. I'll be back when I'm back. I'm doing a movie. He took off without saying anything. One Saturday morning, they were going to shoot. He was gone. So they were like, so Orson Welles was like, he felt betrayed by Rich Little, you know what I mean? So he went and got, uh, um, what's his name? But it's a guy who's like also directed a bunch of movies and he ends up playing, like he had played a reporter earlier in the movie. They crop that part out to give him this other role and then reshoot stuff with him. It's just an insane, it is so not the way you would think you'd want to go about making a movie. And... The fact that it gets done, I'm so curious. I'm watching the documentary first. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I'm going to watch the movie. Yeah, so am I. That's good. Because I just wanted I wanted to see the like what yeah. I'm picking up. And now that I know that what, what whatever is being assembled as that movie is what is close as what that guy thinks is what the final vision was. What, yeah, what it what looked like. What the actual like final vision was is destroyed. Gone. Yeah. Man. He's an interesting cat. Touch of Evil is a great movie. If you ever see it, he, that was early in his career. If you yeah, watch people Touch talk of about Evil, what a that's great, a great. I didn't realize he wore a fake nose almost always. Oh, really? Yeah, for every role. He had a. He, had, he, was, he was big into you, prosthetics. He, yeah, there was an interview. He was like, I look strange now because you're seeing my real nose. And it was like, what? But yeah, I've heard Touch of Evil was great. I mean, they're showing, they show clips of that in this documentary, you know, and it's just like all these different movies he's done. And he's an independent <laughs> film actor. Yeah. Like, He's Orson Welles, the probably one of the most well-known actors of all time. I mean, yeah. even you know anybody who's studied any film has seen Citizen Kane, so he's known for that. But I think that movie was sort of a curse for him. 
Like it's one of those things like you do one big budget thing and people think you're great. And then like the stuff you really want to do, people are like, dude, what? No, do Citizen Kane too. Yeah. I mean, obviously, you know, I don't know if he had troubles with alcohol later in his life or if he was a little bit cuckoo. But I mean, there's that video that circulated around on Facebook. Do you see it? Uh Uh-uh. The wine commercial? Where he was drunk. He was drunk. Yeah. Eddie, quickly get to the lab. You you haven't seen that? No, but that's probably where it's, they got. There's all the outtakes, and he's just like he gets to the point where he's just like slurring his because he's, you know again you gotta love it. If you were on the set now of of a, of a thing where there was alcohol, is it real alcohol? No, no, no. Insurance so the, purposes, there's go. absolutely yeah. no way. So this is the this is him. Eddie, you fit. By the way, he's... Can you just do anything? No, it's a... Sorry, cut. Okay, I'll roll it. 102, take two. Ah, the French champagne has always been celebrated for its excellence. There is a California champagne... <laughs> Sounds like Foster Brooks. <laughs> he is. Inspired he's hammered. ...by that same French excellence. It's fermented in the bottle and like the best French champagne. Can you imagine it's vintage dated. What we should we'll have to we'll have to put One, a clip two, of three. that. Action please. Ah, the French <laughs> oh my god. We got we have to put a copy yeah, of that. Clip will have to go on on, uh, on our on uh, the Hollywood night because, because the, the people that are with him in that scene are just like uh, the well, fuck's going on. First of all, can you imagine you get the call like, hey, dude, you're doing a commercial with Orson fucking Wells. Like, oh, my God. That's like when I found out I was going to work with Weird Al, I was like, oh, my God, probably a career high right now. It's like Orson Wells, And you get there and you're like, oh, Orson Wells is hammered. Yeah. Well, I remember even being uh, a, a younger kid and people kind of, you know, it was kind of common knowledge then that he was a little bit cuckoo. Well, like yeah, saw, this like documentary, he, I mean, he's a bizarre man. I he mean, also did the Nostradamus stuff. That was, that was when I first was like, this yeah, that's guy. That's when I first saw him. Nostradamus. Yeah, he that was like was in the 80s, right? Yeah. yeah, predicting all the stuff. You know, there was a time in the 80s where it was like end of the world shit was like big. Remember that? Yeah. They were they're making all the apocalyptic movies where like, you know, the World War III was going to basically was during the nuclear, the height of the Cold Red, War. nuclear Cold fears, War. right? Yeah. And so there was a lot of stuff is all about when, when are we, is it tomorrow? Terminator. Is tomorrow the bombs are going to? Terminator. They're going to destroy us like we're all going? Yeah, so it's like, it's just funny when you look back on it now, you're like, oh, shit, that's right. Well, not only that, but you're like, oh, yeah, they were right. The world is ending. Oh, we're all going to. It was just a different, uh, it's just ending slower. It's more of a slow drip. Yeah. Than the way we. But, yeah, I mean, that's. Slow orange drip. Like like you said. Orange drip. Never. Orange drip. drip. Three orange drips. Three orange drips. Blues Brothers. But they're orange whips. Well, I get it. Yeah, thank you. Um, Thanks, America. Uh, oh, I was talking about with John Candy. I was I worked with uh, you. You know, Raul D. I know the name. Yeah. Uh, he was in the movie Cool Runnings. Okay. I just shot something with him over the weekend, and uh, it was the John Candy's birthday. Had just he was born on Halloween, I guess. And uh, I was like, you know, hey, you got to, you got to work with. We should have actually, we should have Raul on because yeah. he's he's a super interesting guy. But but he was like, you know, I was like, you got to work with John Candy, and he's like, oh yeah, man. I go, how was that? He goes, it, he was the nicest. Like, and Cool Runnings was. Not his greatest work or anything like that, John Candy, you know what I mean? But, like, he came to set as a guy who was like, I'm here acting with you guys, and we're all, you know, he, there was no, like, I'm John Candy, and I'm above the... It was, it was all very... The guy you'd expect John Candy to be, a Canadian right. Midwestern 
type dude. You're like, oh, yeah, he's great, you know, which is just a bummer when he's not around anymore. But, I mean, who's Harry Crumb? The, that movie <laughs> was so funny to me. I love that movie. Vacation, he's good in. Uncle Buck. Uncle Buck is great. Great Outdoors. Great Outdoors. I was not a fan of that one. The Great Outdoors? Was not, that was not one of Dan friends. Aykroyd can be, he can come on a little obnoxious, and it, it's, it's, I never it's really hard to swallow. I, I like Dan Aykroyd, but I was not a like I, he was an interesting type of comedic actor that didn't necessarily fire on all cylinders with me. Yeah, a lot of the times, and it was just I, maybe I just didn't really jive with his delivery. Does that make sense? Well, like Ghostbusters, I was totally fine with it. Is his character fit one hundred percent with? What they were doing there, and then I watch other stuff, and I'm like, Nah. I'm I not, mean, I'm not if it. if Dan Aykroyd only did three things in his life, right? If he only did uh, that character on SNL who was trying to sell the disgusting Ralph Fred Garvin, Garvin Fred Garvin. Well, Fred, that first Ralph. of all, Fred Garvin, his SNL career, Fred Garvin, and then the the guy who was like, Hey, it's, it's just Johnny Space Mask. It's a Halloween costume. The no, kids right. uh, put the it's broken glass. Kids <laughs> like to play with broken glass. I don't see the problem. It's broken glass. Like he just that Chicago, and then he was. He was, uh, Ray, he was Ghostbusters and then Ray Zielinski in Tommy Boy. Like, what America doesn't know is what makes them, what the American people don't know is what makes them the American public. It's like, if I got to tie a couple ducks to a tree, factories to a tree, bash them with a shovel so I can put a little coin in my pocket. Like, dude, you smell a little like cab, taxi cab air freshener. Yeah. You pinpointed it. Step two is washing it aft. <laughs> like, I don't know. He's, he's, he's done a couple of things that have been really iconic. And I've always appreciated his sensibility and he wrote spies like us and ghostbusters yeah he wrote those movies for him and john belushi yeah spies like us dude that is gotta be one of my top 10 funniest favorite movies of all time i mean that movie is so funny nicole hasn't even seen it yet and i'm like i'm worried that like i've talked about it's like if someone hadn't seen kingpin and you were like what you got to see this movie like this movie will make you laugh you know I don't know, man. I, I think uh, Dan Aykroyd, I can see how some of his stuff, he's not the superstar comedian that, like, uh, you know, the other people that might have come out of that era or that class of SNL, but... Yeah, like I said, I feel bad, like, saying it the way I say it, because I don't... I, I do appreciate him. Yeah. Just some of the stuff I just wasn't Plays into. And, and look, Blues Brothers, dude. What yeah. am I even... Why am I not even mentioning that? Like, there's... Dude, I know, he, for a second I thought maybe you didn't like him in Blues Brothers. Oh no, I, dude! I'm sorry. That's that's my favorite Dan Aykroyd. Blues Brothers is like one of my favorite movies of all time. Yeah. And, and just his, you can't lie to you can't lie to a nun. Like just the whole, you know, I want dry toast. Like, <laughs> but I guess the other thing is too. Let's be honest. I mean, because this came up because you were talking about John Candy. I, I think. Sometimes I think we're a little bit too hard on talent, and this goes for not just comedic talent, but like all talent. You can't. You're never going to be perfect. Not every role and not every movie and not every television show is going to work. It's just not. And sometimes you're doing it for the money. Yeah. And you know what? I'm totally fine with that. I, at some point, you understand that like a bill paid is a bill paid, man. Sure. I've t- I said it again. Michael Caine, when they interviewed him, he was like, look, sometimes you do a movie because it's a beautiful script and you really agree with what it is. And as an actor, you're going to grow as an artist and it's a per- perfect thing to do and it's a great vehicle for you. Other times you do a movie like Jaws 4 because you got to put a deck on your house. Yeah. And it's like, dude, I can do this movie in the Bahamas and make enough money to, yeah, okay, sure. It's what? Jaws 4? Yeah, I don't care. <laughs> I'm in it. But, but that's another thing. When I was younger, I was very, very hard on people. Like, you know, Ben Affleck, if he would do one thing I didn't like, I'd be like, well, guys, that piece of shit, you know? And, and then you're like, 
He's not a piano the guy. He's, he's an it's actor. It's his job. That's, it's his job to act. I would love to be in that position. If I don't that, and that's what it comes down to. Is you're like, oh yeah, dude, I would do that. I would have done that in a second. And he's a pretty good director too. Yeah. Like I don't think he gets a. I mean, he's doing just fine. He's, he does, yeah, he's okay. Yeah, except for the alcohol problem. So he's got a little does bit of an alcohol, alcohol problem. A sweet back tattoo now, but yeah. other than that, oh, does he? Oh, well, I, I mean, look, follow, it's Hollywood. Who doesn't stuff. have an alcohol problem? <laughs> Eddie's hooked on cream de menthe. Oh, oh God. God. How much, how what much happened? You, how much sweet, of that you have in these that days? alcohol? <laughs> yeah, kind of. Did someone give you alcohol and you didn't know it? No, I did it. Oh, that, he knew it. That live show for the Ralph Report thing at the Improv in September. Because I don't drink and I don't Okay, what anything. happened? Like they brought a shot of cream How much de have menthe. you stolen from me? Since, since your since your since, since your addiction. addiction, I'm gonna take that sound. I need this morning to pay for my cream de menthe habit. Am I gonna see you on a commercial? One of those for cream de menthe. Oh, I would love to be a spokesperson for a cream de menthe. No, cream de menthe. Ah, cream de menthe. You're the Orson Welles of cream de menthe. Two kids show up to be in the commercial like cream de menthe, alcohol that even kids enjoy. It's like, oh, we're gonna work with Eddie Pence, the guy who played the astronaut in that one commercial. Oh, he's drunk. That's what he <laughs> looks like. Gross. So what happened? So you had some cream de menthe. I just did a shot of cream de menthe. One shot. Yeah. And then what happened? It was a big shot. It was like a. How many weeks later did you wake up? Uh, <laughs> I don't bla- remember. He's still up blacked until out. Last Wednesday. He's still blacked. I think out. I saw you while I had had my coffee on my 14 day coffee Turkish coffee binge. I may have passed <laughs> you going the other cream direction on your cream de menthe. Turkish coffee. <laughs> It's a, this is going to be a heck of a celebrity we, rehab, we, guys. We, we accidentally crossed paths on our, our two benders. Neither They're not celebrities, and they don't need rehab. So here they are. We both broke into the Tower Records. It's not there anymore and tried to steal shit. <laughs> Dude, that seems to be a place. Uh, that seems to be like a perfect area if you're going to. If you're famous and you want to like you know, be found on a street, that would be like in that area. Wouldn't you agree? Is that what you guys are hoping? No, oh, yeah, you know. That's the dream. That your addiction leads to fame? Right. Okay. Wait. Wouldn't normally it goes okay. Fame yeah, yeah. causes the addiction. Yeah. Nope. Not with you guys. So you only so had I'm the one shot? Fucked up and then But I'm still cons- did you only had the one shot ever? Or yeah. do you have a bottle at home now? No, I have a bottle at home now. I have a bottle in my bag. <laughs> can't go, can't, don't, can't go myth. don't leave home without it. <laughs> so it, so it didn't really turn into anything. No, I just Of course not. But it was was it delicious? No. No. It was like, it was like chugging scope. <laughs> I've never had it. Like, yeah, so it's, it's like it's like if you took mouthwash and just drank it. But oh, also, so it, this is not like um like Bailey's. It's Irish a liqueur. Cream or it's a liqueur. It's so it's not like Bailey's Irish cream. No, because no. I think that would you would probably drink that it's whole a bottle. liqueur. It's but also think about like if you'd never had alcohol at all, right? He has though. I he had, had one shot of tequila. One shot of tequila. So like I said, he has. So but, but like if you never tasted whiskey or anything like that, you never tasted cre- like if anything you like that you put in your mouth is not going to taste good. Yeah. At age four, did you spit it out? No, I did it. Did you get drunk? My belly got warm. <laughs> well, that's that's, warm that's where it starts. That's where it starts. <laughs> and then when he took Colton trick or treating, everyone would hand Colton candy, and he'd go, "Do you, do you have any cream de menthe? Yeah. Do you have any? What cream about for the adults? Tricker. He, he walked around with shot glass. It <laughs> <laughs> was all green and oh gross. Oh my god! Don't give America any more ideas, dude. That's gonna be a shot thing, or bro. treat, bro. Yeah. And you have to do whatever they pour you. Here's cream de menthe. Uh, oh God! Happy uh, Halloween, uh, dickhead. Uh, just yeah, I don't get just any different of those... colored throw up up and down sidewalks. Look, and everybody has to learn on their own. But any of those really sugary, sweet types of alcohol, just so you know, it, you're going to pay a, a dear, 
dear price, and it'll probably if you be have the first too many. and last. Yeah, that's what yeah. I'm saying. Yeah, it'll be the first, and, and you will for the rest of your life. You're going to be, you're going to see whatever it's like apple schnapp, green apple schnapps. Or you'll hate it. What, it'll yeah, make you and, and you see, even you see a bottle, you'll start shivering. You can get over that though. Like I had that the first time I ever got really really drunk was on a bottle of Finlandia vodka, and I can still drink vodka. I but that took uh, a long yeah, time. Yeah, I'm not Same a, I, with gin. I can, I'm back. I can drink gin now. I'm back, gin. I'm back, gin. I'm back, baby. Southern Comfort is still a little bit rough, but that's like really sweet, really sugary. And man, we used to pound that stuff like it was going out of style and it was never in style. My wife's uh, was Boone's Farm. Oh, which yeah. Which I never had I the Boone's. I didn't see that until I got to college. Uh, ours was a Mad Dog 2020. Mad Dog, uh, dude. Night Train, Mad Dog. Um, Mad Dog, I got last time I drank Mad Dog, I got kicked in the face after we ordered a pizza. <laughs> but because of the Mad Dog, or I, don't, I, don't, I don't know. I think man. It's because be what you did after the I Mad Dog, I think it's a little bit of the mixture of Mad Dog meets John Huck. I, I don't think it's. <laughs> I like. I think Mad you cut Dog. Cut out a lot between Mad nope. Dog and pizza. Had Mad Dog ordered a pizza, got kicked in the face. I don't think there's any more to that story. There's <laughs> yeah. yeah. a big chunk in the middle there you left out. I'm John Huck from Mad Dog <laughs> nah, 2020. Nah. I'm kicked in the face. I'm like, I just ordered a pizza. <laughs> now, my friend Joe Petrilli and I were over at my buddy Glenn's house, and uh, uh, we used to drink in Glenn's, <laughs> Glenn's basement. He had this huge water bed, and then like oh, a big TV. Fun. So we'd all kind of hang out down there, and we ordered the pizza as we were drinking the Mad Dog, and Joe had a First off, those two don't fucking go together. Oh, I know that, dude. Clear. We did a lot of stuff that didn't go together. And then uh, I go... I said something like, he was laying down when the pizza got there. I go, hey, dickhead, get off the bed. I'm trying to put the pizza down. He goes, shut up. And he, like, literally just, like, kicked out and just, like, kicked me in the face. And I was like, ah! (laughs) And then I jumped on him. We started fighting. And then my buddy's like, hey, you're going to fuck up the bed and the pizza. And the pizza, yeah, the pizza was the most important part of that. Sex party on the That's when I first had an all-male orgy uh, (laughs) after drinking Mad Dog 2020. That's what happens. See, I told you left that Mad Dog 2020. It's a huge part of that story you left there. Yeah. Yeah, Mad Dog 2020. Action. Did I do it? Did I do anything? And cut. The French. No, we're not talking about the French today. The French. The champagne. We're talking about the French. The French. You're all good. Oh, yeah. Pirated software on my computer. Um, yeah, so anyway, Mad Dog 2020. That was the last time I heard not, not to be Not to be confused with Hugh Downs in 2020. Not to be with, I'm, Hugh, I'm Downs. Hugh Downs. I'm Hugh Downs, and this is He's Mad still Dog alive, 2020. He's still alive. Wow. Is he really? Yeah. Good for Hugh. He's, he's got a walker now, but he's alive. Dude, he's like got to be 109. He looked like he was 80 when he was on that show to me. Dude, he was 80 when it was like Phil Donahue, though. You know, Phil Donahue's always looked. He's old still to me. alive, right? Yeah, Phil Donahue yeah. was like Steve Barton. They like grade when they were like 12. 12. And so you can't tell 12. like how old they actually are. Remember when he used to do that? Color, are you there? <laughs> Color, are you there? <laughs> the microphone. I I I loved watching Phil Hartman do Phil Donahue because that oh, was like Phil Hartman. Because that was back when even Oprah's show, like Oprah and Phil Donahue had like rival shows, and they were both shows that were like, and now transvestite hookers who fight with knives and, you know, vegetarians or whatever. It's like they had these crazy wackadoo, like, topics and guests, and then Oprah started to kind of be like, I'm going to take shit seriously. And Phil Donahue was like, I'm gonna fade out and get a news <laughs> program. Well, but then you also have to remember back back then there was also uh, Sally Jesse Raphael. Right, and then when that started, like st- all that, that other came shit. in, and that's when Oprah. By then, Oprah was like having on legit guests and being like, 
having conversation that made sense. So. Yeah, then it all moved. That all that stuff moved to like Inside Edition and all that other like just kind of like borderline junky stuff. Yeah, the other guy that people always got in fights on the Jerry Springer, like all that. They yeah, became, dude, Springer was huge in Chicago. I mean, they they he they all just ripped off Morton Downey Jr. Like which was it was a bizarre yeah. late night uh, show. Dude, I remember that dude. That show was crazy. The mouth. The big mouth, and then he would like yell. He, it was just yelling. I'm like, he would smoke cigs on TV and yell. Oh yeah, it was weird. And yeah. I remember that for a short period of time, Howard Stern had produced a, a fake talk show. Do you remember that? Uh uh-uh. uh There was a fake talk show that was like that show. That I think it came on right after that, but it was all fake. Like it was oh all yeah, scripted. <laughs> I do remember and I that. I can't remember. It's it, I, I'm trying to that remember. That helped like, give them the ideal for Son of a Beach, though, yeah, which was yes, a, yep. a mock. Baywatch. Yeah, which I think it was the same guy that was the yes, talk, the show, talk host, show host. It was was the same it guy was. that became on the other show. Yeah, yeah. Is is he not the same guy who in uh, scary movies like I need to take a look at something and he like opens it and it's like nude photos of him and he's like, do you think these are good? <laughs> <laughs> Closes them, puts them away. <laughs> I need, you to, I need you to look at these. And he just hands him like photos of him in like a bikini. And the girl's like, what? Uh, <laughs> comedy. Where have you gone? <clears throat> It's still there, baby. I know, it's still there. Joke. It was oh. a joke. Hey, you're jumping at. Sure am. <laughs> okay. Anything cool. else? So no. Nope. Your own personal Chris Farley. Nope. Show. Just want to point. Remember when you did that one thing on TV? That is awesome. You yeah. never met anybody, nobody. Had met Chris Farley, right? I mm. did not know. I had two friends that met him in Madison when they were out drinking one night. They walked past him and they were like, "Oh my God, Chris Farley!" And as soon as they said his name, uh, one of my buddies was like, "Dude." And they, they were ecstatic to meet him. And I mean, they were through the roof to meet this dude. And they go, he was, he seemed genuinely more excited to meet us than we did to meet him. Like, he was like, how are you? Like, just crazy handshake, give him the hug. You know what I mean? Like, really, like, how, he, how you see video of him being with, like, a lot of fans. It's like, he, like, I mean, I just, it's exhausting to th- even think about being that on all the time where you're like, y- your whole persona is like amped up and just like, woo! I just, it makes me tired to even contemplate. But like, yeah, that, those are the, and then I have pe- friends that we know that we've all worked with and stuff that knew him and, yeah. and that worked with him like at Second City and, and back in the day. And I know somebody that went on a date with him in New York and I gotta, I have to, I'm gonna have to reconnect with that person to see if they'd allow me to, they'll never come on the show to tell the story, but I'll ask yeah. if how much of this story I can tell because some of it's kind of, the backstory to it is a little bit, is kind of funny as well. Yeah. But I just wanna make, I wanna get like a permission because yeah. it involves a yeah, lot yeah, of well known yeah. names and stuff yeah. like that. And but, he's like, and, he, and none of it's bad. I just right. don't like to tell people stories without no, no, no. them. I, I, I agree. I agree. And and also, it's just like, he's a guy that, like, he, you know, I, I, I loved him. Like, he, his Black, black Tommy Boy and Black Sheep, that's like, those two movies are so funny to me. They're so well done. Like, Tommy Boy is, like, a, the perfect comedy, in my opinion. Like, I love that movie. It's, it's, it's amazing. So I, don't, I definitely want to tell any negative stories about the dude like i said they're not it's not yeah. negative as much as it's just like it's somebody else's personal story so i want to make dude, sure dude i went to when they had that book the chris farley show came out uh-huh. the author of that book also wrote the john belushi book that uh judy belushi backed that was really good um and uh but they had a q a storytelling thing down at the improv olympic when it was still on hollywood boulevard it was the author uh tom uh tom farley uh Junior, and then John Farley, Kevin Farley, and then Tom, um, 
Oh my God, I can't believe I can't think of Tom's name. He worked on the Man Show with me. He's he's been a writer forever. He's a really creative. Tom Giannis, Tom Giannis, a really creative dude, really funny guy, uh, from Chicago, Second City. But those guys told stories that were like, you know, John Farley was the youngest Farley, mm-hmm. and just like he would, he told a story about how he was like, just one day, Kevin had beat Chris at basketball or something, and Chris was like, fuck! He slams the basketball, and he says, fuck! And then their old man neighbor was out. He goes, watch your mouth. And he's like, fuck you! He yells at the old neighbor. <laughs> and then he, says, he looks up, and John was just riding his bike by, just like a little kid riding his bike. And Chris just took the ball and whipped it as hard as he could and hit John right in the head and knocked him <laughs> off the bike. But it was just like, that. growing up in Wisconsin, like those stories are like akin to every story you could yeah. tell about being a kid in, in an area like that. You know what I mean? It was like... And then it got to really gross, funny stories with Tom Giannis going to his apartment in Chicago and being like, hey, I need toilet paper. And Chris is like, I just use a sock. And he's like, what? (laughs) It's like, I'm not wiping my ass with a sock. So he left. And then like two days later at rehearsal for something, they're taking their shoes off. And this girl goes, Chris, what's all over your sock? Oh, no. And Chris just looked up at Tom and was like, "Mm." Ah. (laughs) (laughs) It's like really gross shit. Because he was a really messy dude. But Oh, yeah. I don't know. Just really funny. The uh, 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 the a movie that I watched because I couldn't sleep the night was in my evening with Hervé or whatever. Oh, did you watch that? I did. It was fine. Yeah. But um, I what got me thinking about it I was uh, Louis Anderson was the one who told me to watch it because I had found like a uh, like a weird video of like uh, some woman singing and 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 Hervé Villachez was in it. Yes. T- tattoo from. Yes. Yeah. Hervé Villachez was tattoo in Fantasy Island. Uh, and the new movie is about an evening out with him and Peter last, Dinklage. The last time, yeah, the last... Uh, His last night out? Last interview that he ever did, a couple of days before he offed himself, yeah. Oh, did he kill himself? Yeah, yeah, he shot himself. Oh, but I didn't know that. Yeah. I thought he died of natural causes. No, so did I. It was just funny. Like, you just forget that like, all that stuff went down. Oh, man. But, like, so I sent, like, a screenshot of... Because it, it was a weird-ass video that he was in. He yeah, was no, I've seen that video. Yeah, yeah it's super bizarre. It's so like said, a it's like a Singapore music video yeah, or something. It's something bizarre. So I sent a screenshot of that to like, and I just put down "Hello, friend" to like Louis, and he comes back and goes, "Oh, I love him." And I was like, "Yeah, I did too." He goes, "No, I got I hung out with him. He's such a sweet guy." And I was like, and then I'm I was like, I didn't I didn't have time to like I, I want to know. We're we gonna need to hear that we, story. I need to know you hung out Louis with Louis Anderson and Tattoo like, hanging tattoo. out. Tattoo. So I, I, I'm hopefully we'll be able to get him on. I want to. I mean, he may not have much to say, but I would love. He's like, to I love them. We hung out. That was it. Yeah, we had stakes. All right, you, thanks for calling previewed, in. You previewed two stories you can't <laughs> on the podcast. <laughs> Anything else you want to say that we can't talk about? tonight on things Brian won't elaborate on? <laughs> <laughs> the setups with no payoff. Yeah, pretty much. That's <laughs> Truly I'm tapped fantastic. out. Yeah, I'm tapped out. Maybe maybe this train's about to end. Maybe I got nothing left. That you know no what stories left. Can that? Can we just all agree that that is a very common uh, uh, mindset for comedians? I believe that, like, oh, that's it. Maybe I wrote my last funny joke. Like, you go through, you'll go through such a dry spell of writing new material that you'll be like, I don't think I have it in me anymore. It's not there. And then all of a sudden, you know, something will happen. Did you see the Sandler thing? Did you guys watch that at all? I did. No, I did. The new special. Yeah. Yeah. And. Uh, I, I, I laughed a couple times, man. I, I liked when his songs were more worked out, when they were full songs. This special had a lot of music, but it was shorter. Like, there's, on his CDs, they have songs. This is something like songs, like choruses, bridges, you know, verses. It's, it's all there. Whereas the, the songs on the, on the special were just shorter. They were just kind of like 
stuff you came up with off the top of your head, and then just someone put some music to it, and then it just abruptly ends. Some of them were very funny. Um, you know, I, st- I still like the way Sandler talks. I like listening to him. So that is also, you know, he, he's, the, he's the guy who can go, what, what the fuck are you talking about? And I'll laugh at that, you know. So <clears throat> I enjoyed it, you know. Again, I don't think it was on par with the stuff he did earlier in terms of, you know, the psychotic legend of my Uncle Donnie or, um, you know, piece of shit car or the talking goat or shoving shampoo bottles up his ass. Like, ho- those CDs are, to me, his comedy gold, you yeah. know what I mean? Even even the movies that were great that I loved, but those CDs, there's something about being able to, like when I used to put on a CD and listen to it and just laugh because the sketches were so ridiculous and so insane. But like, so there was some funny stuff. And then he plays a very, a song I've already heard, but at the end of it, he plays a song that he wrote specifically for Chris Farley, mm-hmm. about Chris Farley. And it's got... Stuff in there that it's not all roses, you know what I mean. Um, but it, it's it's very it seems to be a very honest portrayal of who he was and what their friendship meant, and and that that alone makes the special worth oh, okay. watching the whole thing for, in my opinion. <clears throat> but also there is some stuff that a, a lot of people have been saying they've laughed the whole time and they've loved it. Again, I don't think I think it's great. He shot some of it at the Dynasty, uh, Jamie Flam's theater. Um, he shot some of it at a bigger stage, probably like a, a theater. Did you do at Largo kind. too? It looked like I thought. I, thought I, I think there Largo might have been a, a, yeah. a shot at Largo. There was a couple. It was spliced together, different performances, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, he, he and he and there's still that same Sandler humor is still there. Like, you know, he talks about asking uh, to do anal uh, with his wife or whatever for his birthday, and the payoff is essentially his wife was fisting him. Do you know what I mean? Like, there's still that, there's still that, lo- like, I don't want to, I, I hesitate to call it lowbrow because it's shit that makes me laugh, but it's like. We've talked about this before, fart joke, whatever. Yeah, joke yeah. Funny is But funny. I mean, when you think about Happy Gilmore and him fighting Bob Barker, I mean, yeah. that is comedy to me. When yeah. the doctor is like, you're going to have to be off your leg for six weeks. Like, fuck that, I got to play golf. Goes, sure, what the fuck do I know? I'm only a doctor. And he just walks out like. The, the comedy, like his low brow, like, ooh, did the penguin tell you that? Like, stop looking at me, swan. That shit I still love. Like, yeah. I, I'm always going to think that's funny. Yeah. I mean, I saw, Billy, I saw Billy Madison the first time. I was like, eh, it was okay. My buddy goes, drink 12 beers and watch it again. <laughs> I was like, dude, this <laughs> might be the funniest movie I've ever seen. Okay, like, well, well, okay, so. <laughs> but it was, it was, my mindset when I watched it the first time was that of like, this is a comedy. I want to make. I want. Where are the jokes play? I want to watch this as a. And then. So every time you watch it, do you have to have twelve beers? No, God no. Jesus okay. Christ! My so now you can watch it. Now Happy, can... Happy Gilmore is really funny. Dude, Happy Gilmore is one of the best movies about um, golf ever. I even like parts of Big Daddy. Well, Big and, Daddy was great. And Waterboy, but I love Waterboy. I love Little Nicky. That, I love Wedding Singer. You like Little Nicky? Oh, Little Nicky's great, dude. Oh, that's, oh, where I love I, that's where he lost me. Oh, I love Nicky. that movie. You yeah, didn't like Wedding Singer. I wouldn't think it was okay. Yeah, that, but that was before Little. It's Nikki. a different style of movie. That was I before think, Little Nicky, though. Little Nicky is where I was like, uh, "You lost me." Yeah, I like Little Nicky just because it was about the devil and Rodney Dangerfield is in it, and it's it's very. But again, uh, everybody can have an arc. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like that's the thing. It's like when you when you again, it's I think one of the hardest things as a creative is to be held held to the same standards of your most successful work. Yeah. That reach the most people. Or that, that fire. Yeah. So yeah. it's just like. Especially when it comes to comedy, fuck, it's really hard to keep meeting and, that standard. And the funny thing is, is like the, I think the stuff that you have that he's lost you, like at a certain point, that's where he's picking up like families. Do you oh, know I what know, I mean? Yeah. And like, 
and families are now like, because there are parents that are like, I won't let my kid watch the first five Adam Sandler movies he ever made. Yeah. But like, they can go watch the bl- blended up and with Drew Barrymore or Fifty Days of whatever with uh, Drew, Drew Barrymore, Barrymore or da with Drew Barrymore or you know, Mr. Deeds is really funny. With I like Mr. Deeds. That's a remake, but it's still funny. Yeah, I just, I mean, that's the other thing, too, is if sometimes people just evolve into other categories where you're like, I'm good. And you, he took, he started, way. you know, he did serious movies. He did Punch Drunk Love, which was really good and, like, proved himself as an actor, which is one of my biggest, like, what I think about Farley, I think the saddest thing is that we never really got to see the potential of that he had in there as an actor. I think he was in talks with Martin Scorsese to play Fatty Arbuckle, which is a devastatingly tragic character who was the first real big paid highly paid comedian actor, you know, of of the 20s, you know, and or before that, before the 20s shit, early 1900s. And and that role would have I mean, the way I see it, that was like a guaranteed Oscar if he did that right and Scorsese directed it, you know what I mean? Um so there's a little bit and like Shrek, like he did the, the whole first Shrek movie before he passed away, and they wanted to make three or four of them, so they were like, we have to redo the whole movie, you know, with a voice. So it was, I think, just being able to see uh, Sandler go out and do more important, and not important, but, like, more dramatic um, things that kind of take him out of the, oh, he's just a dude who talks about pissing his pants and, you know, beating up Sasquatch or whatever. It's like, no, dude, he's actually got a lot of talent, and you can't be... uh, it's like Jackie Gleason, you know what I mean? Jackie Gleason was a great dramatic actor because he was a great comedic actor, mm-hmm. whereas it's really hard to go the other way. Like, Russell Crowe isn't going to come in and be a hilarious dude in a movie, <laughs> ever. That's just not going to happen. Like Christian Unless Bale, he plays it straight and the situation around him allows for comedy. I mean, right, sure, but that's, yeah. But, but to try to be funny. Right, like Christian Bale's never going to be funny in a movie. No, uh, that, that's, that's, no. That isn't like you're laughing at his wig or whatever, you know. Right. There's no, no, but I mean like whatever character is playing. Wig comedy, yep, wigs. But but I'm saying like there is there's there's a lot to be said there. It was like my dad always pointed that out. Jackie Gleason was was good in dramatic movies because he was a great comedic actor, and it's was it's not impossible, but it's real hard. To it's go hard the other to go way. the other way. You already have to have a sense of humor. Yeah, like you have Tom, to have to like be Tom someone Hanks. like Jack Lemmon or Tom Hanks or like, you know, that's a, those are good. Those are guys with already have good senses of humor. Yeah, they get good have chops. Good timing. Like to say good chops. chops. They're not afraid to look silly a little bit. I think that's a lot to do with it. Eddie, where are you going to be? Hmm. Where can people see you? Hmm. Where am I going to be? Where can, where can they listen to you on the podcast? Oh, you can check me out on this podcast. Yeah. Um, that's what they're going to do. I'm on the, <laughs> the Ralph Report five days a week on Patreon.com. Um, with Ralph Garman. With Ralph Garman. Uh, it's, uh, you subscri- it's a subscription-based podcast, podcast service, so it's... Three dollars a month. Oh, that's nothing. So fifteen cents a day. Fifteen cents a day. Look, you, you can get a do cup that. of coffee. Um, that's a really, it's a really fun show. I also do. Uh, you and I do that sports show on Wednesdays on, on the Dash Radio. Dash Radio. Fandom Sports. Fandom Sports. Um, and that's it. Oh, right. I do the Ramble with comedian Jerry Rocha too. Look at that. So podcast Ed. A lot of podcasts. That's all he does. PCE. Do that's a lot it. Of that he's just, he just walks around with a microphone in front of himself just and he's do just a lot of podcasts. He's like, can I just give you a sample of me talking and you play that on I your just, podcast I and then I don't have to show I up? Just, for someone who doesn't talk a lot in normal life, I 
do a lot of podcasts. You don't talk a lot. Yeah, what are you life. talking about? Andy? You, you talk all the time. Well, He's you talk not all the time. Stop this guy. I don't talk a lot. No, nah, you don't talk a lot. This but guy. when I do, but you're also your wife takes care of the talking. She for talks you. a lot. Yeah, she takes care of that. Like so I don't need to. I don't even know what you'd say around her. No, like you what just you have to walk in. out of the room. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so you're married then? Um, <laughs> yeah. You know how that is. Um. Yeah, guys, thank you so much for listening. Thank you, Ed, for... Uh, when I say Ed's to David Spade like like David Spade is to Ellen, it's because I read a thing the other day where someone was commenting about how David Spade is always on Ellen. Like, oh, what is this guy? It's like her best friend, and he's, he wrote back. He was like, we are friends, yes, but also I'm always in the area. And, like, the thread was, like, people who work on Ellen, like... David Spade is a great guest. He's always around. He's always got something to promote. When someone drops out, he is literally the first yeah. call we make as a show. And I was like, oh, what a great, nice thing. What a, what a great thing to be. Just like, what are you doing today? Nothing. And then all of a sudden the phone rings. Like, I guess I'm doing Ellen. I guess I'm going like, to one of the most popular shows on yeah, television. Yeah, it's fantastic. Again. I love Spade. All right. Uh, thanks for listening. Thanks uh, for the preview of the other two stories you're going to tell. Something. Yeah, guys, keep in mind, Brian. They're called got, teasers. Yeah, so keep <laughs> listening. <laughs> Yeah, that's going to be what's driving. That's, that's going to get you guys. If you've listened this far, you're definitely going to listen again. All right. Thanks, guys. Have a great week. Thank you for listening to Hollywood Anonymous. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter at Hollywood Anani. That is short for Hollywood Anonymous. You can also follow John individually at John Huck and myself, Brian Irwin, at Brian Irwin on Twitter as well. Both of us can be found on Facebook. You can also Google us and contact us directly, HollywoodAnonymousGuys at gmail.com. Thank you again so much for listening, and please don't forget to subscribe. 